to get us underway in this first term here on girlsplayfooting.com. Thanks to sellmycar.com.au, sponsors of the Sharks, it's Matthew Cox. Umpire ready to go in the middle of the Peanut Farm Reserve. It's up in the air. Tap went in favour of Melbourne Uni. It's on the deck. Sharks trying to get it out. It's a very scrappy start at the bottom of the pack. So Brian for Melbourne Uni. And the umpire is going to come in and call for it. As Peter said, Melbourne Uni kicking it to the right side of our broadcast position this afternoon. Ball on the deck again. Melbourne Uni trying to get a clearance. Moving it forward, though, was the Sharks. Little tap there was effective by Garner. Moves it forward for St Kilda. It's bouncing around inside, attacking 50 for the Sharks, but it's going to be mopped up there by McIntosh. He kicks it towards the centre wing position, broadcast side. Bouncing ball again. Oh, went without it. There was a uh, Sharks player. It's on the deck. They've got the numbers here. Handball backwards. Comes to uh, the Sharks. Back to half forward. Series of handballs in the middle of the ground. Now they find Catterall. She sends it inside, attacking 50. Almost a mark there on halfback for Melbourne Uni. Scrappy ball running out of the contest. There was Hope. Little kick around the body was ineffective. It was picked up by Wilson. She dodges a bit of traffic, then kicks it to the centre wing position, out of side. And a nice mark, though, taken out there by Georgia Harris. Well, the ball is out in the outer side for the Sharks. They just look to go long with the kick, and that's what they do to try and drive it inside 50. It was just cut off, though. Red best, and uh, the Muggers now with a chance of halfback flank out of side. It's the Blessington Street side of the ground. They'll go with a right boot kick coming out towards the wing position. There's the contest, came to ground. And uh, all wrapped up and going absolutely nowhere there is Amy Catterall. And the umpire will call for yet another bounce. No score either side. Got about a minute and a half so far into this first quarter. Ball hit the ground. Champong is there. She's fighting hard for it. Catterall tried to get a hurry kick away. McMillian's watching on. O'Brien went charging through. One step kick. Bruton now moves towards the half forward position. Come off hands there. Walsh couldn't hang on to it. Has to go again. Being harassed there by Caitlin Ashmore. Ball popped out. Bruton passed hands to the pill. Got it across there to Anderson who tried it inside 50. But it's going to be taken away here by uh, McIntosh. For the Muggers playing in the deep back pocket. Goes in the direction there of O'Brien. Got knocked out of her hands. Umpire said free kick too high going the way of the Sharks. Early dominance here for the Sharks. They've had the ball in their half for probably a good two, two and a half minutes now. They need to take advantage. And they've sent it towards the half forward flank out of side. But it's going to be picked up here by Melbourne. Uni, Carney. The barrel. Little kick to the centre wing position, good contest made, ball dribbling towards the boundary line and it will go out of play in front of the Muggers interchange bench and they make a few changes while the ball's on that side of the ground, going off there was O'Brien and coming on I believe is Brain so she brings uh, it waxing in the the ruck today obviously uh, probably won't be able to go all day will will the big ruckman and Catherine O'Brien, she'll play it at centre half back also, so they're uh, ringing the changes early, making sure they keep uh, the rucks nice and fresh, especially against Achenpong, who doesn't play in, in Premier Division too often. As the ball was thrown up after the boundary throw-in, we might get a secondary one here. Umpire letting things go, and he's called holding the ball. Free kick going the way of St Kilda on the centre wing position, and it'll go the way of Paterno. Paterno kicks it. 
towards the half forward flank out of side bouncing ball goes back across the boundary line and out of play no score early stages of this first term yeah I think we sort of said pre-game that we mightn't have a dead side and it seems as though the outer side is that dead side and security just need to look in board they're getting pushed towards the boundary line and that's why they haven't been able to take advantage of their opportunity so far ball thrown back into play well, at the back door, hurried little kick away. Bruton tried to go in towards the 450. McIntosh over and the ball. Catterall bummed in her own captain and Chapman. Chapman with a hand pass back, trying to weave through traffic. Amy Catterall, she now gets around Carney. Her kick's a bit of a shank job, though, in towards the forward line. Did no one absolutely any favours. Sean Wilson close towards the boundary line. Got up by Bruton. Ball popped out, dribbling along the ground. Chapman lurking around there. Hand pass out. There goes McWilliams crashing through. She couldn't get her hands on the pool. Pill, hand pass across to Tapp. Sets away a runner. Muggers long ball out towards centre wing now. Foot race on. Who's going to be first towards the pill? Coming out afterwards is the uh, 26 in Giddings. Couldn't get there in time. Cleaning up at the back. Kula Reed goes back, gets the ball, kicks it long up towards the wing and hits Catterall. Catterall takes it centre wing position out of side. Just awaiting options. Wants to come into the middle. And Has does, to go to McWilliams. Good kick. Does just that. McWilliams takes the mark pretty much in the middle of Peanut Farm Reserve. Got to go long. Currently bathed in sunshine too. Short kick comes to this broadcast side. Mark taken out here by Vanderwall. Had the chance to go there. Coxie and decided to hold up. Now all the numbers flood back. Yeah, hasn't got a lot to go to. Decides to bomb one up towards centre-half forward. Looking for a mark. Not one taken. Comes to the deck. Melbourne Uni with the numbers. They shark a little kid's going to come back to uh, towards Vanderwall. She's uh, got a contest Ooh, the there squatting. with White. It's going to come out of the pack in favour of Melbourne Uni. Receiving the handball with Stephenson. Sends it inside. Attacking 50. Comes to the back of the pack. Running onto it will be Giddings. She was well tackled by the St Kilda Sharks in their defensive 50. It's on the deck. Umpire's going to call for it just a few metres out from the scoring line for Melbourne Uni. Well done by Cooler Reed. She lost her feet, but she managed to recover and lay the, the goal-saving tackle. Ball up. There's the tap down straight away. A hurried little scoop out there looking for Catterall as close towards the boundary line. Got on her teammate. He's wearing the eight. We'll have to pick that up soon. Looks like Dardingo. And uh, Dengo's kick has just been picked off brilliantly, though. I think it's Carney that's taken it, and she'll be lining up the goal. Around uh, about uh, 35 metres out on a slight angle. And uh, let's see if she can put this first score on the board for the Melbourne Uni Muggers. Thanks to sellmycar.com.au. How does that look? It's high, but it's away to the left. It is a minor score. One behind the Melbourne Uni St Kilda Sharks yet to score here on girlsplayfooty.com. Yeah, so a couple of sneaky number changes, Pete, just for something different. Just to keep us alive. Got to keep an eye on the 71, though, as well, for uh, Melbourne Uni. Yes, there's a couple of big, big numbers at Melbourne Uni. They've got three sides. I think they have 107 on the list or something. I'm not sure if they have a number 107, but uh, the Sharks get it underway out towards McWilliams, Coxie. Yeah, nearly a nice mark taken on the halfback flank by McWilliams. Bought it to the deck. Umpires going to say throw it in because it went out of bounds. She's a key player this afternoon for the Sharks. I mean, centre-half forward in these conditions is, eff- is effectively a defunct position. So uh, getting her way up the ground and trying to support uh, the back half, which is probably the right way to go about it. And got her hands on the ball a couple of times early. Umpires picked out a free kick going the way of St Kilda. It was a long throw in, so technically took it out of the ruck, immediately tackled and free kick to Achimpong. Achimpong sends it to the centre wing position, going to turn it over. Well done, McIntosh. Hands of McIntosh, she centres the ball into the corridor. Nice mark taken out here by Blackburn. That's 25. And it's good to see them pick up on that because in the VWFL, 
There are too many times that players run over the mark, so good umpiring. So Blackburn brings her to about the about 70 metres out from goal. Her kick short, finds a target. Carney. Carney with it. Just outside attacking 50 still for the Muggers. They've got one behind on the scoreboard so far. She goes out wide. It's a target on the half-forward flank. They load up long. It's a nice-looking kick. It falls short, Mark, taken in the goal square by Catterall. Well, she's getting plenty of the football early. And Amy Catterall is looking towards the pavilion side of the ground. What's Randall? Gets on the right boot, looking in the Pepper Randall direction. Good fly, but got knocked out of her hands. Good clean-up, though. And managing to pick out the teammate there in Garner. Jasmine Garner off half-back flank. Got to be good with her kick foot race on here, though. Coming afterwards, Dardingo in the race, and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. That's definitely not Dardingo. So who's wearing the 52? <laughs> <laughs> Just it's too too quick and too fleet of foot to be Dardingo. Zach's and Drake's with the numbers here as the ball is mighty wet. why not? Back in, there's Williams, <laughs> brought the ball to ground. Chat Pong tries to get it out. Oh, just tucked the head in, Adjun Pong. Yeah, Anderson <laughs> went over there, got the hand pass out. Here's Carney now, has to run away from Mick Williams, gets on the right boot inside the forward pocket, ball went out the back door, Kularine overran it. Here's an opportunity to run in for a goal! Did it click the post? No, it's a goal. It's straight in, that's the first one for Melbourne Uni, and they move to 1-1-7, and the St Kilda Sharks... Yet to score here for somewaycar.com.au. This is girlsplayfooty.com. Well, they got the ball over the back, Pete. And just another no number for us. Number 70 this time. Uh, gets the goal for Melbourne Uni. We'll uh, get that one out of the book in a moment. But uh, well done by Carney. She broke the line. First time the Sharks have tried to come down the open side. And it smacked them right back in the face. But they need to keep persisting. Because if they keep it dead side, they're going to have plenty of attack. But it's not going to be going forward too often. They need to come this open side, take a risk, didn't pay off, but got to keep persisting. As the Sharks win the tap out, they're going to get the clearance here oh, too. Pepper. Receiving the handball there with Pedersen, sends it inside, attacking 50, bouncing ball at the back. Hope. It's hope. Kick, little kick around the body. Oh. It goes through for a minor score. Should have had the... She's good enough to kick it on the left from there. She went with her wrong foot, which was her right foot on that occasion. And just under enough pressure, forced it near side, just the one behind. Melbourne Uni, 117. St Kilda, just the one behind, and they're going to get another attack back inside, attacking 50 from the ball going out on the full. Only 30 out, too, but into the wind. And a short little kick, missed its target ball on the dag, a little kick around the body there from Walsh. We'll go into the opposite pocket and out of play. So we'll get another boundary throwing. Broadcast side forward pocket for St Kilda. They're down by six points in this first term here at Peanut Farm Reserve. Ball on the deck. Might have been a push. Umpire said play on. Handball comes out in favour of the Sharks. It's back on the deck in dispute. Nice tackle in there from McIntosh. Has wrapped it up and the umpire's going to call for it. We've moved to the half-forward flank now on the broadcast side. Yeah, I'm just hoping here, Matty, that uh, McWilliams into the ruck is a good move for the Sharks. You don't want to get her knocked around too early in the first, but she has moved into the ruck. And scrappy play. O'Brien gets a nice handball out looking for McIntosh. She misjudged it. Ball being pushed towards the boundary line. Trying to get it was Brutton. Bruton. Bruton. And uh, sees it over the boundary line and out of play. Yeah, they've marked her really well so far. And interesting to see the 15 for the Sharks. Walsh coming up onto the, the pill for this uh, this stoppage. And, and hopefully she can get it out because they need someone inside at the moment. As the Sharks still trying to push it towards the boundary line. Clearing kick comes 
the way there. It looked like that was uh, Blackburn or Grounds. Yeah, Grounds. A bad kick in the end off the side of the boot. Uh, on the full free kick to the Sharks. And the 52 is Brittany Benici, who played for the Victorian Metro side of the championships this week. This is her fifth game of footy in about seven days. <laughs> Lovely. As the ball goes <laughs> long towards the half-forward line. There's Gardner who, Gardner, who managed to get off the side of the boot, was looking in the hot direction. Three on one. Plenty of numbers back oh, there. Okay. And they've almost run it over oh. Annex Hardy. She lost it. Got to a teammate like it was a hot potato. And it was hardly kicked along the They're ground. Right Kiss now managed to put it out towards the middle of the ground. Having to spin around out of Trouble there was ground. She was good enough. Good tackle laid on though by Clifford. Play going nowhere. Ball hits the ground. Still in the centre. Clifford had to go again. Trying to clash her way through. There was Kaluzzi. Couldn't squeeze it out. But Carol did. And she did for the Sharks. With a long kick. Went in the Welsh direction. Got knocked out of her hands. Having to weave through traffic was Bailey. Shocking kick though. Off the side of the boot. Muggers ball. They've kicked it to the centre wing. There's another whistle though. 25 again. Good umpiring. It's about time we saw some of this. It's probably been highlighted during the week. Just clearly run over the mark. You haven't met an umpire's training during the week, are you? talking about the 25s. Oh, we're best mates, the umpires, <laughs> aren't we? That'll be, remain to be seen throughout the afternoon. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> As Hay has it. Well, they've, they've got the 3-2-1 at the moment, the umpires. That's for sure. It's been so, pretty poor footy so far. Hay kicks it to the half-forward area for the Muggers. Little one comes to White. Scrappy kick off the boot, though. Umpire calls play on, so no mark for the Sharks. Little kick towards the boundary line on this broadcast side. Picking it up is Ashmore. She runs around. It's not a good kick, though. It's gone out of bounds in the opposite pocket. So we'll get a boundary throw in. Vic, she was in two minds there. She was going to have a shot or pass. That was... I've played in the back line for the last three seasons. That's what that was. <laughs> Ran to 35 and went, hang on a minute, and just shanked it. Jeez, didn't she burst away from Benici, though? She just ran straight around it. Ball will be thrown back in. A champong there. Winning the rack ball. Hit the ground. Cardi over and it. Couldn't pick it up. Kaluzzi lays on the tackle. Throws a champong into the ground. Doesn't mind the yeah. tackle, Kaluzzi. Yeah. Loves the aggression. <laughs> and the umpire says we'll have another ball up. So it is one goal to difference. 1-1-2-1 one, one, one behind. As the ball goes up, McWilliams read it best off the back of the pack. It kicked, though. Had an awkward-looking bounce. Bounced over everyone's heads, including Grounds. Having to try and pick it up, though, was... Uh, was uh, Pedersen who delivered up along the wing and the ball just went over the boundary line and out of bounds around about 15 uh, sorry 15 metres away from the 50 metre mark so they make it 65 metres out from goal umpire just retrieving the ball as we speak and they'll send it back in half forward flank out of side for Melbourne Uni O'Brien contesting wins the tap for the Muggers Sharks though going to get another clearance here although it was a high ball back to the centre half back position it's bouncing numbers in favour here of Melbourne Uni or Ashmore overran it put her teammate under a bit of pressure dying on the footy in there was more script and the ball's on the deck Oh, the old knee kick. Coxie. It was, came out to Ashmore. Handball was ineffective, though. It comes to Catterall. Good grab. And it'll be turned over. Little one in the back there, Hildebrand. She received. Umpire didn't want anything to do with it, though. She's on the centre wing position, broadcast side. Called to play on. High looping kick towards the centre half forward area. Bouncing ball, looking for Tapner. She couldn't get it. Ball comes to the bottom of the pack, running onto its Harris for the Sharks. She gets a kick back towards the half forward area and taking a mark is Hope she kicks it inside attacking 50 looking up for Benici, Benici. a nice mark there too from uh, Brittany Benici yeah just stepped around and played it well on the breeze and I think as I said earlier in the call that uh, O'Brien will spend a bit of time at centre half back and 
She was matched up against the more fleet of foot of Benici, and she did the business. And Benici comes in. It's a nice kick off the boot. It's made it, so that's their first major of the day for the Sharks. And we're all square in this first term. Yeah, a bit of a, a wobbler off the boot, but maybe that's the way to go in the breeze. Just uh, float them up there, and as you said, struck it nicely, and it travelled sweetly through the post. It never looked like missing. But uh, a great start there for the Sharks and something that they needed. They've controlled this game for 12 minutes. Uh, the scores are effectively level. I think it's a one-point lead uh, to the Muggers. But they deserve that goal. They got their goal, but it was on the break. So they need to take advantage of their sustained pressure. On that occasion, they brought it out of their own end. They moved it quickly, and well done by Mo Hope, who gets the assist. And scores are level. 1-1-7 apiece here at Peanut Farm Reserve. O'Brien with a big leap. Got the tap straight to the bottom of the deck, though. Handball comes out in favour of the Muggers. Scrappy kick towards the half-forward line. Coming out to greet it, though, was Clifford. Got it away for the Sharks. Little handball over the top to the teammate. Finds McWilliams. She's on the wing position, out of side. Ball almost turned over. Nelly and Mark to Hayes. Couldn't complete it, but the Muggers able to mop up. Sent it back towards the half-forward flank, out of side. Clifford gathered, then was well tackled into the ground there by Carney, and umpire's going to ping holding the ball. Free kick on the half-forward flank to Carney. Looking to go back inside, attacking 50 feet. And goes with a booming long kick, lets it right on the breeze. Deep in the fence, one awkward-looking bounce. Gettings over at it, Kula rebuffed off the ball beautifully. Stevenson looking nearby, and the umpire says it's gone out. So we'll throw it in around 35 metres around from the left-hand point post. It is 1-1-7 apiece on the scoreboard here at the Peanut Farm for sellmycar.com.au. Shark sponsor as the ball's thrown back into play. O'Brien versus a champong. O'Brien wins the tap. Nearly uh, shark there by Cliff but got it across to Dardengo who's kicked up towards the half-back flank came off hands and the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds seen over by Chapman yeah did well there the Sharks they, in that danger zone of sort of 25-30 air from goal they managed to clear it to that, that 50 mark and just relieve a bit of pressure Umpire sends it back into play. Half-forward flank for the Muggers. Comes to the Sharks. They get, they get a spiralling kick. Oh, a little knock-on effective there. Gathering it. He's cool to read. Back on centre-half forward. Sharks under a bit of pressure now. Oh, nice little hip and shoulder there. The handball comes out. Trying to get it. It was Padano. And a free kick going the way of the Sharks and the way of Padano on the centre-half back position. Still square at the moment here at Peanut Farm Reserve. 117 apiece, ball bouncing towards the boundary line on that outer side. Ashmore couldn't gather it, so we'll get a boundary throw in. About, uh, about 80 metres around from the Muggers' goal. And we'll get it ready to be thrown back into play. Here's the big heave. Back in it comes. Anderson goes up in the contest. One down to Champon. There's the hurried hand pass out to Bruton. It got knocked over. Giddings comes through. Giddings tries to get out a hurried hand pass. Almost half a throw. Anderson goes sliding in. Champong in there as well. And the umpire calls for the ball up. Just on the edge of the centre square. True centre half forward for the Muggers. All locked up here in our VWFL Premier Division match of the day. A Champong goes up, wins the contest versus Anderson. Ball hit the ground. Bruton was first to it. Half-hearted kick in there. Little scoop out by Patino. Sees a long kick now in towards the centre of the ground with a little tussle going on behind the umpire. Ball now bouncing. Benici overran it. Has to try and go back in again. Benici fighting in for it hard. Tries to get the hand pass out. Was ill-effective. Gartner there as well. Umpire says that's a holding and it's going the way of the Muggers. The 70, which we hope to get soon. Long sleeve jumper 
Normally when I see that's Gabriella Pound wearing it. Thank you very much as Pound goes long and manages to spot up Hildebrand. He tried to play on. Wasn't the smartest thing to do. Coming through there was Elise Hay. Hay still got the pill. She's being hunted by Bailey. Bailey got her. Had to get the little hand pass away. She did. Sold her teammate up the creek who was very fortunate to get one in the back. And a free kick. It looks like it's Ashmore out of side wing. It is Ashmore. Little kick up along the line. Oh, it's going to be turned over. Nelly completing the mark there was Dardengo. It's kicked forward though for the Muggers. Bouncing ball. Trying to gather it here is Stevenson. Handball backwards. The Muggers in control. Oh, nice smother there from the Sharks. Still on the half forward flank. Out of side. In control of it at the moment is Giddings. Little high ball looking for a target. Or couldn't quite get there. The Muggers back on the deck. Might have been kicking in danger. Umpire said play on. Stevenson at the bottom of that pack. It comes out in favour of the Sharks. A little kick around the corner there from McWilliams. Sees it towards the boundary line and out of play in front of Bruton. And so we're going to get a boundary throw and still inside attacking 50 for the Muggers on the outer side. Well, it's an entertaining game of football to say the least as the ball is thrown back in. Over the head of Anderson. Carney at the back. She's caught straight away by Clifford. And the upper... Oh, another in the back. Well, took a while to pay it. I'd only thought he was going to call for the ball up, but uh, Emma Carney within range here. She'll be kicking from 45 metres out, kicking towards the Alwood end of the ground. And uh, let's see if she can uh, put that one through. Tell you what, the umpires have been very hot so far this afternoon. Indeed. Not afraid to use the whistle at all as Carney kicks from 48. Let's fly on the breeze. The breeze takes it, but out of bounds on the full next to the left-hand point post. At the moment, thanks to sellmycar.com.au Shark sponsor, it's all locked up at 117 apiece between the Sharks and Melbourne Uni. Catterall will get the free kick beside that behind post on the outer side. She kicks up along that boundary line to the contest. Oh, nice mark from Ashmore's going to send it back inside attacking 50 for the Muggers. No, umpire's ping a push in the back, so free kick instead going the way of Garner on the half-back flank for the Sharks. Kicks it up along that wing, hoping for uh, Walsh to get there. She knocks it forward, gains a bit of meterage. Back towards that boundary line. They've kept it in play. They stripped the muggers of the ball and then kicked it forward. Did the Sharks. Coming out there was Pound. Kicks it back into the middle of the ground. Looking for a teammate. She was under pressure. Handball comes the way of McIntosh. She sends it. It's going to be turned over though. Mark to the Sharks on half back. And that's taken by Vanderwall. Vanderwall having to go short. Pedersen taking it. We're in the 60 just looking further afield. Gets on the right. Delivers long towards the half fourth play position. McIntosh tries to park herself underneath the football. Going with her is Gap. The McIntosh goes to ground. Got pushed over. Now Pius says that's in the back. And it will be a free kick to Cecilia McIntosh who uh, did the tagging job on Steph Chochi last week in the game against Diamond Creek. And when Chochi went forward, McIntosh went naturally to half-back flank and had an absolute blinder there. Very unlucky not to get the player of the day. As McIntosh gets on the right boot, goes long towards the wing, pavilion side of the ground. Champong's there as well. Knocked out the hands of Coulson. Gave up the don't argue, Anderson. Sent a teammate away who got caught in Bailey. It was uh, Hay who got the hand pass away in time. The Champong was there. In goes Bruton as well. Wraps it all up. Umpire calls for a ball up as Anderson fights for it. 117 apiece still here at the Peanut Farm Reserve. Umpire gets things back underway. Tap went in favour of the Muggers. Ball on the deck. Tapner tried to get one out. Little handball was effective. So all running around a bit of traffic and then into trouble there was Blackburn. And umpires said, yeah, holding the ball. So free kick going the way of the Sharks. And it'll be Paterno to take it. 
She kicks it straight up the corridor towards the centre half forward position. No one able to take the mark. Bouncing at the back. Hildebrun chasing. Couldn't gather. Sharks with the numbers around. Kick went higher than it did go further. And the umpires paid that mark. Very interesting in my eyes. Bruton takes it. Kicks it inside. Attacking 50 for the Sharks. It's back towards that boundary line on the outer side. Gathering it is Goring. But she takes it across the line and out of play. So we'll get a boundary throw in on the half forward flank. Out of side for the Sharks. Two passes I hope so far this quarter. And both of them have been about two metres just wide of her. So she hasn't been able to get her hands on the pill cleanly enough. As Bruton gets the hand pass away to Garner who tried to get one forward. O'Brien was there at her feet. Couldn't quite pick it up. Has to go back and again. Hildebrand put it on the left boot. Tried to gain some metres. A champion through her legs, picked up by Bruton, who puts it towards the dangerous spot over the head of Hope. Ball is bouncing in the goal square, but it does a jackknife, and it's picked up by McIntosh. Gets the kick away before she was claimed, looking in the pound direction. Ball bounced away from her. Look out. Here comes the big player in Vanderwall, who came through. Her kick, though, is picked off by Blackburn, who got on the right boot. It's a booming 70-metre kick down the ground. Trying to get onto it is Kaluzi. Foot race is there. Clifford is just too quick. Can she bend over and pick it up? She can't. Now she does. The ball falls into her lap. Kaluzi tried to push her over, but she got her kick away, went out towards the wing picked off by Blackburn, gave the don't argue 52 metres out from goal Ali Blackburn, how does this look? Giddings is there, couldn't get it through the ball just held up for that last metre and a bit and Giddings nearly took out the post at the same time might have scored, 1-2-8 Melbourne Uni, secured a 1-1-7 as the marks taken by Bruton halfback flank broadcast side, she kicks it up, looking there for Paterno gets her, she plays on quickly they're back in the corridor now, the Sharks Moving it forward. Mark will be taken here by that's McWilliams. She kicks it inside, attacking 50, looking for hope. She gets it on the half volley. Wheels off her opponent. Has a little kick. It's an ordinary kick, though, towards the hot spot. Trying to gather it's McIntosh. She might have got a push in the back. Umpire said play on. And that'll be quarter time. It's 1-2-8, the Muggers. The Sharks, 1-1-7. And before we go to the break, let's have a look at those goal kickers. Uh, Benici has kicked one there for the Sharks and uh, one to Coulson. Uh, uh, no, is it Coulson? Did they kick the goal? No, it was 70 kicked it, so it would have been pound. Pound. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, so, 1-2-8 to 1-1-7. The Sharks have come to play, Mr Hill. Yeah, well, they certainly have, Pete, and... As you said uh, at the toss, they probably kicked into a breeze in the in the first term. Mo Hope got her hands on the footy two or three times. Uh, they just couldn't finish in front of the goals. I think uh, Cecilia McIntosh was cast in the role of goalkeeper a couple of uh, couple of times and managed to repel a few attacks. But yeah, it's right on a knife edge here. You'd have to say the Sharks have probably got the upper hand. I mean, if Blackburn kicks that goal late, uh, it's a bit of a different ball game. But yeah, really, really good effort from the Sharks. I was impressed. Uh, Pong in the ruck did a really good job, broke even. Cooler uh, Reed and, and Clifford on the last line were fantastic. So all the right signs for the Sharks in the first quarter, but it's always a matter of sustainability, of course. Indeed it is. Um, you've got to, as you said, do they have the petrol tickets in the tank to go the full four quarters because Melbourne Uni when they've beaten Darabin and when they've beaten Diamond Creek they burn them all in the third quarter yeah and that's where and we've seen that a lot in the VWFL over the past few seasons that play, sides on top of the ground can challenge you to half time and then all of a sudden you, you come out after the half and you haven't got the run in the legs you're a bit stiff and you just don't respond and all of a sudden the game's gone so Look, the Sharks, they'll want to get themselves... They'll want to take advantage of this relative breeze blowing in their direction, although it's pocket-to-pocket and a bit across the ground. They'll want to get two, three goals in front here and and really uh, drive the advantage home. 
so that if they do come out a bit flat at the start of a third, they've got a bit of a buffer that they can work with. We'll take this opportunity to take a quick break. You are listening to girlsplayfooty.com, live from the peanut farm. It's a one-point lead to the Muggers. Here, get out of I'm here about the car. Hi, um, are they with you? Yeah, a few boys wanted to come over in case you join. I mean, look at the car. <laughs> oh, I need to sell my car fast. Need to sell your car fast? At sellmycar.com.au, we will buy your car. Cash for your car, fast. Sellmycar.com.au Conditions apply. See sellmycar.com.au The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. Thinking about selling your home or looking for a company to manage your property investments? With offices in Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne, Hocking Stewart are the experts in Melbourne's inner north. Hocking Stewart takes the hard work out of selling by offering the unique service of preparing homes for sale, including property repairs, property styling and furniture hire for a free property appraisal from one of our friendly and reliable team members, call Hocking Stewart on 9340-1900. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. 1-2-8, the Melbourne Uni Muggers. The Sharks are 1-1-7. Daniel Hill's just running across now to see if he can uh, get into the huddle and uh, pick up uh, Shannon McFerrin's address and we'll jump straight into him when he does. But uh, the advantage, of course, for the Sharks, Matt, is they've got the breeze now in the second term. Yeah, and Dan mentioned a couple of times during that opening term that they, they controlled play for uh, much of that first term but weren't able to hit the scoreboard, so they really need to do that in this second half, especially if they're going to stop the run of Melbourne Uni. There's a couple of players that broke the lines there in that quarter. Blackburn was one, Ashmore another, and Carney as well. Uh, they showed a lot of speed, which will be frightening for uh, the St Kilda Sharks. Let's see if we can... Uh no, we're just waiting till uh, after the huddle and we might be able to grab uh, Shannon McFerrin to have a quick little chat with uh, Dan just before they head back to the bench. I guess for Andrew Jago, he might be concerned because, again, he talked about last week, happy happy with the second half, very displeased with the first half. Well, and if we go back to their game against Darabin, their first quarter was, wasn't that great either. So, obviously, it takes them a while to get going and that's something that they're going to need to rectify. But they didn't play that bad, I don't think, in that first term, but didn't capitalise on this breeze which is blowing across the ground to a certain extent but favouring the uh, right of our broadcast position. Indeed, and and the interesting thing as well is we talk about the superstar forward in, in Mo Hope, who at this stage I believe she kicked I think 18 for the season so far after three games. She hasn't been able to get her hands on the footy. As I said, both times they've gone forward, it's been two or three metres away to her left. She might just get fingertips, but not enough to get purchase. And I think she got one or two kicks in that term, but it was they were very ordinary, scrambly kicks, which is obviously what you get when you put under a heap of pressure. So, not the the best of course for her, so she'll be one looking to step up this term for St Kilda, especially going with this uh, breeze. 
Well, as we speak at the moment, the Melbourne Uni girls are breaking from their respective huddle. The Sharks are breaking from theirs. We'll uh, just wait so we can get the uh, signal from uh, Dan, who will just uh, jump in, where he's uh, got the coach there of the uh, St Kilda Sharks in Shannon McFerrin here on girlsplayfooty.com. Yeah, Pete, I am with the coach of the Sharks, uh, the coach this week of the Sharks anyway. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great start for you guys. We really served it up to them in the first turn. Yeah, look, um, come in. We want to play uh, tougher footy. I think sometimes, you know, we haven't been tough enough in that close contest. So it was a matter of um, just sticking, you know, sticking tight through the midfield and kind of working our way across the ground and being first for the footy, especially in these kind of conditions as well, although it's not too wet. Yeah. It's bound up, but uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Williams, you've moved her further up the ground. Uh, in the conditions, it seems to have paid off so far. Oh, yeah, look, Phoebe's a fantastic player. She's super fit. Um, she's got the ability to mark over her head and also run. So she's got everything going for her. It's just a matter of her getting her hands on the footy. So she's been able to do that um, in the first quarter, so we're really happy. Let's see how it pans out. Good luck for the rest of the day. Thank you. As we've got it on the center wing position broadcast side, Sharks had it in their possession momentarily. It's on the deck. Umpire should come in and call for it, and he does just that. Center wing position on the broadcast side. It's the Muggers 1-2-8 leading the Sharks 1-1-7. Early stages of the second term. Sharks try to get in clearance. Handball comes the way, looking for Bruton. She gets it moving forward, picking it up here. It was Pound, sends a high kick towards the half-forward flank. Good fist there from behind by the Sharks. They kept it in play. Kick back up along the boundary line. No one able to take the mark. It's moved to the half-forward flank broadcast side. Hildebrand first to greet it, though, for Melbourne Uni. Kicks it back along this line. And a nice mark taken right in front of our commentary position by White. She centres the ball. Looked for O'Brien. Instead, got her teammate there in Blackburn. Blackburn sends it straight up the corridor. That's a powerful-looking kick. Tatner went through her fingers. It's on the deck. Sharks with the numbers. Oh, might have been dropping the ball. Umpire said play on. He's coming with a whistle. Now he's paid advantage in favour of the Sharks. Nice little smother there by Blackburn. Gets the handball. Runs around a bit of traffic. Fires one out. Looking for a teammate. Unable to get one. The Sharks with the numbers. It should be all wrapped up here. Well tackled there by Tapner. And that's what we're going to get. A ball up on the half-forward flank. Out of sight in favour of Melbourne Uni, who lead by one point. As uh, the umpire throws the ball high in the air, O'Brien, a champong over the top. Knocked it down. Oh, maybe a little bit too high there on Tapner. The old Kodanger. And the umpire... Um, says that we will give a free kick at the 50 metre mark so we're having a shot on goal into the breeze at the Lunar Park end of the ground surely too far out to score and they've played this nicely because there's a lot of space in front of the kicker and I can see that they've gone deep with Coulson in the goal square McIntosh running on the outer side too. Yeah, she's breaking a lead to the pocket, and here's the long high kick, a champ on there, Stevenson as well, and it has been conceded through for a minus score. So that moves the Muggers on to 139, the Sharks 117 here at the Peanut Farm Reserve. And this quarter, it's all thanks to Hocking Stewart, Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote, and North Melbourne. Ball kick to the centre wing position, going to be cut off by Hildebrand for the Muggers. She centres the ball, nice mark taken by White in the middle. Just assesses her options. 
Jesus, not big, a lot of head. This is a big pack. Yeah, you're right, Dan. She has to come to this centre wing oh, position. there. Broadcast oh, side. Oh, finger tipper. What a mark that mark was. Taken by Hay. Oh, oh. Kick was smothered. It was awful. Bruton picks it up, wheels around a bit of traffic, fires the handball off to her teammate in Vanderwall. Although she couldn't get a nice tackle there from Bruton. It's on the deck, but the muggers now have it. Carney breaks the pack, sends it to the half forward area. No one able to take the mark for Melbourne Uni. A kick out wide. It's bounced on the line, according to the umpire. And he says, throw it in between centre wing and half forward. Broadcast side for the muggers. He was right there too, the boundary umpire. Must have just just had a corner inside the line. Back into play. Ball out the back door for Blackburn. Had a fingertip on it. Couldn't get onto it. White there as well. Tried to charge her way through. Ball on the ground. Sloppy hand pass. Old Hildebrand up the creek. Went in head first with Benici. Out came Chapman. Got it across to McWilliams who put it on the right boot in the direction of Moho. Bounced about a metre short of her. On the half volley. She got the little hand pass out. Ball in the no man's land. Going over and just uh, doing a little shepherding work. Gather is smart. While she's on hands and knees. Gets a little hand pass out. Hurry kick away from Pedersen to try and move it forward. It's in the forward pocket. Slip it in a slide. And there's McIntosh. Had to get the hand pass out. They Good will kick. get out of defence if they can hit pound. Oh, a little too much juice on the kick, though. There going in was Pedersen. Lost the pill. In comes Hay. Hay got on the right and got away from Hope. Went in the white direction. Catterall got into her. Put the fist. Brought the ball to ground. There's Chapman. Chapman hands and knees. Hand pass while under pressure. Turner hand passes. Sold the teammate up the creek there. And Brittany Benici. Benici spins around. Gets on the left. Goes towards centre half forward. Little hands in the back there from Here's the umpire missed it. Carney comes charging through the middle. Puts it out towards the wing position. Stevenson out there. Can't get to it. Creating the contest is Vanderwall. Ball on the deck. Here came Blackburn. She couldn't pick it up. It's bouncing around like I said. A pinball machine at the moment. Ducking and weaving is Kula Reed. Stolen out of her hands by Blackburn. Blackburn ran to 45. Her kick though is way offline. And a mark taken in the back pocket there for the Sharks. It looks like it's Benici that has it. She covers some ground. Across the face, uh, misjudge the target, bouncing ball, and it'll go out of bounds. She's well, right idea though, I mean, the, the switch was on, and I don't think I've ever seen a ball bounce the way it did there. It dribbled 35 metres after only travelling 20, it just kept going. Very, very unlucky. As the umpire sends it back into play, getting it out there for the muggers, was Carney. Oh, what a and, mark! And a mark has been taken by Tapner. That was sensational. In from the side, sort of didn't time the leap at all, but just too good. And on a very slight angle, probably about 35 metres out, she'll have to kick it from. Left goalpost, Coxie. Yes, left goalpost. And I reckon the breeze has just picked up again here too at the Peanut Farm Reserve as Tapner comes in yet to hit the scoreboard this afternoon. She starts it right and it fades right with the wind. Just another minor score. Wrong goalpost. <laughs> I'll tell you what, those palm trees, I know they exacerbate how the wind is, but half of them look like they're going to fall over. <laughs> they probably be standing for about 150 years more. Exactly, but they, geez, they look under the pump. Looks what? like Townsville in a cyclone. one four ten. The Muggers, the Sharks, one one seven. And you could tell Shannon McFerrin, she's quietly confident. Couldn't you tell that? You're very confident. Yes. And it's all thanks to Hocking Stewart, Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote, and North Melbourne. Sponsors the Muggers. The kick in from full back, going in the Anderson direction, went over her head. Chapman was out the back, bit off the quick little hand pass. Now Gandhi got caught, but got rid of the pill in time. But she comes afterwards, gets on the right boot, delivers towards the half forward line. Walsh came afterwards, got a little push afterwards. Ball bell free, Kiss picks it up. So 
it across half back. She's been this season so far. Gets it on the right boot towards center wing. Tapper had it, lost it. There again is Gabbett. Got the little hand pass out. And that was Pedersen who delivered up forward, but picked off by Kiss. Boy, she's been solid across half back. Yeah, she has. Good mark. And if the, the break in the chain there, that had it got past, they were out the Sharks. Kiss centers the ball. It's back in the middle. Sharks trying to gather it here through Cooler Reed. She's well tackled into the deck. It might have been a push. Umpire didn't see it. He's going to call for it instead. Is it just me that the umpire's thrown away the whistle this quarter compared to the first? A little bit. A little bit, but uh, consistent across the board. That's the main thing. They just wanted to uh, plant their authority on the game in the first, and now they're letting them play. Sharks will get the clearance back towards the half-forward flank broadcast side. Looking here for McWilliams. Oh, no. A little one around the corner. Ooh. It's a bounce oh. ball. It's bounced oh. favourably, and then double bounce back across the line. And it's McIntosh that's going to receive the ball. Kicks it towards the halfback flank. A mark will be taken out there. That's Coulson. And she runs off. In fact, it was Pound. She kicks it to the centre wing. But it's going to be out on the forward. Sharks are going to rebound. That's the unfortunate thing. She found a teammate, but unfortunately her teammate was on the interchange bench. Yes, a lot of... uh, They need to put the jackets on over there, I think. Oh, through the hands there. Couldn't hang on to it. Was Gardner. Full spill free. Muggers a chance. Kicked it up the line. Now the contest on. Kalusi came through. Nearly took one out. Sharks pull, though. Moving it towards centre half forward. Awkward bounce. McWins was lurking nearby. Walsh got the little hand pass off. Now here's a chance to go. Laying on a tackle. Walsh goes in again. Fighting hard with it with Hay, and the umpire will have no choice but the call for the whistle and a ball up. Centre half forward, almost in the halfway mark of the second term. Three point lead to the Muggers over the Sharks here at the Peanut Farm. Ball up in the air, away we go again. On the ground, Pedersen tried to get a hand pass. Gardner went in there, Hay was first to it, popped it out. There's McWilliams who tried to slap it forward. Hilda Brand put the head over the pill. She went in with Benici. Benici rolled her over. This is Greco wrestling style. Greco Roman wrestling. Just all locked up. You're going nowhere. You're in a tight grip. And the umpire says, let's have a ball up 40 metres out. Thank God they chucked that out of the Olympics. That was a disgrace. But, uh, Jesus, the Sharks, they're really pressing here, applying the pressure. Yeah, they're getting another clearance here. Handball comes to McWilliams. Oh. It's an awful-looking kick. It's going to go out on the full. The annoying thing was Garner, the, play, the play was right, though. It was. Garner just palmed that to pick that up. Yeah. She palmed it. Huh. She shack palmed it to <laughs> pick it up. In these conditions. What the hell? Goring all went to a flat-footed Tapner. She took the mark, though. Still in the back pocket, broadcast side. Got to check those hands of Garner. That was bigger than mine. That was extraordinary. As Tapner, she decided to take on her opponent, put under a lot of pressure, kick around the corner. Is it back in the hands of the Sharks, and Manici has a flying shot, but it's wide. And just another minor score. Their first for this quarter, the Sharks, they move to 1-2-8. The Muggers, 1-4-10 with a lead of two points. The difference you can tell between the supreme players and the good players is those that are the cream of the crop just know they've got that fraction of a second extra to steady themselves. As the kick out is uh, touched at the defensive 50 line. Now intercepted. Set back from whence it came towards the top of the square. Kears was there. Brought the ball to ground. Moho tries to lay a tackle. Coming through those Sean Wilson for support. Kicks it out towards oh. the Carney direction. And she's got space. We're off to the races with Carney. Takes one bounce. Kicks it along the ward centre wing. Cooler Reed and Giddings going after the pill. Oh. And I think there might be a bit too much juice on the kick. It was out of bounds of the full. Cooler Reed with a free kick. And she centres it back towards centre half forward. Trying to take the mark there. Was Tapner. Couldn't do it. She's been moved into the defence in this quarter. Running away from the pack there. 
were the muggers, but they're going to turn it over. The Sharks have it in their possession. That was great, Tata. She got tackled, got back up, got the 1-2, and away she went again. Yeah, it's going to come back to the centre wing. Carney couldn't take the mark. Ball at the bottom of the deck. Pound gets the handball, looking for McIntosh. Handball backwards is going to be turned over, though, into the hands of McLernan. She sends it into the middle of the ground, looking out Here's there for Bruden. She sends a high ball inside, attacking 50. Benici or oh, bounced awkwardly for her. Sharks oh. with the numbers, though. They're going to have to pick it up. Hildebrand in there for the Muggers. And she's well held her opponent. And we're going to get a ball up just outside attacking 50 on the outer side, favouring the Sharks. I'll tell you what, lucky we're not playing cricket because they would have been bowled out for nothing. (laughs) Clean bowled about 15 of them then. Ball is spilt free though, and the contest now on inside the forward 50 is uh, Walsh wind sliding in. Gardner got the hand pass out to Bruton. Bruton goes a shot on goal. It's away to the right. Oh, they're peppering, they're peppering the Sharks, but they just can't get the lead. They're 1 3 9. They trail by one point. The Muggers 1-4-10 here on girlsplayfooty.com every Sunday afternoon live with the BWFL Premier Division match of the day. I think you can really tell in this second term that both players, both sides are struggling with the windy conditions and just need to get a bit of possession footy here, the Muggers, and slow things down. Goring kicks it to the halfback flank, out of side. Oh, the Muggers are under all sorts of pressure. Player dragged it in there. Lucky to escape with it. Sharks with the numbers. Handball received. Comes to McLernan. She sends a kick on goal. Hoping for a target. She's got it. Hope takes the mark in the goal square. Will line up directly in front. I'm marking it down. This will be the first goal of this second term. Just edged the opponent out. Took it in the one hand. All class. Hope comes in and nails it. They deserve that. They really, really deserve that because for all their pressure, they'd kick three behinds on the run and they needed to get the goal. And again, right when it was absolute, we need to get this or it's going to hurt us going the other way, they get the goal. They just need to get a few of those those in-between goals to create a bit of space between themselves and the muggers. And gee whiz, the Sharks, they just look the better side at the moment. It's the first time that they've led so far today off the top of my head. 2-3-15 plays 1-4-10, a margin of five points. What a game here for Hocking Stewart, Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne sponsors of the Muggers as the umpire has the ball back in the middle of the ground. We throw it up in the air again. O'Brien gets the early leap, brings the ball to ground though. Blackburn trying to work her way through. Maybe we'll help without it. Bruton slaps it forward. Blackburn went again. Bruton there as well. Had support though. Her teammate uh, hit over the ball. Laura Bailey tried to get it out. Then got it to Gardner. Gardner slammed it on the boot in the hope direction. Third in the queue. Didn't matter. Read it best. And she takes the mark and be lining up for goal directly in front from about 35 metres out, looking for goal, I think goal 20 of the season. If she kicks it. In comes Mo Hope. The approach, 35 out, and the breeze takes it to the left. Minus score, 2-4-16. For the Sharks, they leap by an even goal. Melbourne Uni, 1-4-10 here on girlsplayfooty.com. And man-on-man here from the kick-out for the Sharks. They've been going with the zone. Now they go the man-on-man. So interesting to see how the Muggers respond. Hildebrand comes to this broadcast side. There's a whistle. Umpire's going to ball it up. Stand on the line. That's how you respond. Freak out, stand on the line. And Hildebrand's asking the question going, what do I do? And I think because they haven't had the quality of umpires in the past that have been able to spot little things like that, I think they're all starting to get used to it. So the umpire sends it into the air. Tap one by the Sharks. Comes to the deck. Benici's little swing around the body gets the goal. 
It does. Two in this quarter to the Sharks, and they're out to a two-goal lead. Yeah, a little soft there from the Muggers. They just didn't switch on. There was two or three spare for the Sharks, and pretty much easy as you like. Really, really disappointing there from the Muggers, just giving up a, a cheap, cheap goal. And as I said previously, the Sharks really driving home their advantage. They're probably looking at a three, three-and-a-half goal lead to be about the par kicking with this breeze and they've stretched it out to 11 points and it is danger time for the Muggers. I tell you what, the Sharks should be happy if they're either ahead or even maybe a goal behind at three-quarter time because if you've got the wind at your back in the final quarter with your home crowd behind you, that's just that little bit to push you over the line. As the ball is up in the air in the middle of the ground, Bruton has taken away, got the little hand pass away. The hurry kick, though, was cut off. Ashmore tried to come through, got knocked over by Clifford, picked off by O'Brien. O'Brien popped it high in the air. The breeze took it away, went towards the left half-forward flank. Dardengo coming, chasing after it, chasing her with Strugnall, and the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll have a throw-in around about 65 metres out from goal on the outer side. It is two goals the difference, and it is favouring the Sharks. A champong in the rock contest. Test. The umpire says push out, yeah, and O'Brien gets the resulting free kick. Has to come central and does. Yeah, it does just that and gets a target there in white. Pretty much on the centre-half forward position for the Muggers. They go inside attacking 50. Pack flew, no one able to take the mark. Bottom of the pack trying to get one there was Tapner. Little kick off the ground, ineffective. Shark's going to kick it into the forward pocket. He didn't take the mark. Dardingo. But Dardingo able to gather it, kicks it towards the wing position. Coming out taking a very nice mark was McWilliams. Sends it into the middle. Bouncing ball in front of that, uh, that is Salafia. And she gives a little handball off. To a teammate who kicks it straight through the corridor and a nice mark taken here by Kalzui. Yeah, Kaluzi's moved forward. It's an interesting move, but she has started to come into the game. And she gets up on the wind, up on the right boot, inside the forward line. Ball dribbling out the back. Got past Giddings. They've got players on it. They can just make a connection. Spinning around inside the caddy is Tapner! Great finish. From the forward pocket, Carly Tapner gets her first, brings it back to a goal. The difference thought about the hand pass and said stuff it I'm going to kick it myself. And why not? Because I mean if you've got that much class and it was well done by Kaluzi, just saw the one out, pumped it in there, dribbled over the back and it's one of those situations where you get caught in the pocket you've got two options. You can sort of pop it to the top of the square or you can try and work your own magic and she went with the ladder and got the goal. And the score moves the Muggers on to 2-4-16. They trail by a goal. St Kilda 3-4-22 here at the Peanut Farm and it's all thanks to Hocking Stewart Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne. And really against the flow too, that goal. And the Sharks will want to respond here. It's back to five points. Six points. Six points, I should say. And the Muggers, they, they just looked good there. That was their first really good passage. O'Brien gets it moving forward again for Melbourne. Uni, little soccer off the ground. Ineffective. It's all wrapped up. Ashmore in there. Ball spills out the bottom, back of the pack. And umpire's going to give a free kick to Benici. She's Benici. Does she put her head over it? And that's 25. It is. So they're on it again, the umpires. How time we saw some of this. It's really, it's really quickening the game up too. It's much better to watch. So Benici's moved to the centre half forward position. Sends one inside, attacking 50, looking for a target. Ball comes to the back of the pack, and well tackled. Yeah, spills out in favour of Melbourne Uni. Trying to break away was Kiss. Sends the ball to the flank. But it's put them under all sorts of pressure. Sharks with the ball. They're going to send it back inside. Attacking 50. Backing back with the flight. There was McLennan. Couldn't take the mark. Ball comes out the back of the pack. It'll be all wrapped up. 
Good tackle there from Blackburn. And we're going to get a ball up inside attacking 50 for the Sharks. Bruton on her own here at the back of the pack. She needs to get involved. Someone you don't want to leave in your own if you're the muggers. There was Blackburn who got to pull to ground. A hand pass away was ill effective. Picked off by Bruton. It goes high in the air and underneath it is Walsh. Touched and the umpire said touch, play on. Oh geez, and she tried to get a hand pass away. She almost had to get I think the umpire will have common sense and say no prior opportunity. And call for a ball up 25 metres out from the Sharks goal. They lead by one straight kick here on girlsplayfooty.com. McWilliams does the uh, ruck work. What did Oh, McIntosh stands up to the Hope Bunch. Uh, trying to come away there is, uh, Mc- is uh, Kearney. Kearney oh. there. Oh, Champong goes in hard. And the ball is on the ground. Now it's picked off there by O'Brien. She's harassed by two or three. The umpire says going nowhere. The player having her all wrapped up was Bailey. But uh, the nice little bump from uh, Mo Hope on the McIntosh. McIntosh refused to budge as it's picked off by Bruton. And Bruton gets on the right boot. It's sky high in the air. McWeems had one hand to it when she needed two. The ball hit the ground. Kears was there. There's McIntosh. Hand pass to White. It's quick hands now to Pound. Pound got to weave through traffic. Gets the hand pass. Too much juice on it. Looking for Sean Wilson. Will it go out of bounds? Got support there from White. But it now will go over. And we'll have a throw in between Sinnowing and Harford for the Sharks, they leap by one goal. And again, the, the mug is just not playing the conditions well. It's okay to switch out wide into that dead side, but you just need to look back in board once you gain the advantage. And again, they're forced to stoppage. The Champong with the double tap. In straight into a pack. Umpire circling. We'll get a ball up, center wing position, out of side. It's 3 4 22, St Kilda, Melbourne Uni, 2 4 16. Umpire sends it back into the air. Brian with a fingertip. Didn't, wasn't effective though. The Sharks well tackled in there's Randall. Umpire calls play on. It's a scrappy pack on that outer wing. And finally he decides to call for it. Close to the boundary line. He gets things back underway. A champong with the tap straight into the hands of her teammate whose kick was smothered and it'll go out of play. So we'll get a boundary throw in between centre wing and half forward on the outer side favouring the Sharks. So both sides really flooding the pack here. You probably throw a blanket over a good 24-26 players with Dardengo creeping up onto onto the footy. 3-4 3-4 leads 2-4, ball back into play and O'Brien brought it to ground, picked up by Hildebrand, he got caught straight away, two sharks on her and, and the umpire's going to pin her said you took him on and uh, Benici was one of those involved and he'll give the free kick, well Champong had it first and then gave it back to Benici, so Benici as we said, her fifth game of footy in seven days, she played four games Big Metro at the uh, Carnival and Mandura this week. So she's uh, certainly not cold. She yeah. has plenty of it. And went long and the ball bounced and went over the boundary line out of bounds. Gain in about 50 metres will have it thrown deep inside the forward 50 for the Sharks. Look at all the Sharks on their own on the defensive side here. The Muggers have got a man up. Boundary throw in, tap. Didn't really go the way of anyone. Sharks get a little toe poke. Ashmore, oh, she went without it. Then put under all sorts of pressure. Umpire going to come in and gives a free kick to Ashmore. Ashmore, too high. She and couldn't she believe thought, it herself. She thought it was a ball up as well. 
So Ashmore has it. Got to come this side if they want to take a risk. No, she's going to decide to go to the outer side. Now she has to play on. She's under pressure. Decides to come to the broadcast side. She's making Carney work for it. Will the boundary line beat her? Well, no. Umpire says it stayed in play. Handball given off. She's going to get it back in here. Carney goes up along the wing. But it will be turned over here. Nice mark taken by Cooler Reed for the Sharks. Centre wing position. Broadcast side. Kicks it up along the line. Hits a target. Nice mark taken by Bruden. Just looks for an option. Little kick and hits up another teammate. It's Garner. Garner just outside attacking 50. It's a nice looking kick inside. Cut off though there by Kears. It's on the deck. Sharks with the numbers. Or might have got a push. And umpire said trip. It will go the way of the Sharks though. So they'll get a shot on goal here. And it's Paterno. Has the ride from here as well, Paterno. It's got a pretty good leg on it. 45 degree angle. We'll have to kick it from about 45 metres out. But the wind is right behind her. Paterno comes in. Oh, it's an ordinary looking kick off the boot. It's floating back. It's hit the post. It's the base of the post. <laughs> it was very, very fortunate. Because it was shaping back. And it cleared the initial pack on that breeze. Yeah, it didn't strike it at all well. Just the one behind it. So it is now 3-5-23 to 2-4-16. Seven-point lead oh, to the no. Sharks. Oh, a shank kick from full back. Bruton could run onto it and almost in the corner. Caught by Ashmore, not pinned. Coming across is Blackburn. Put boot to ball towards the middle of the ground. Pedersen is there, trying to get a hurried hair pass out while under pressure. Going in there, Champon. Got a little shot there from O'Brien. Oh, All wrapped up, and the umpire is going to blow the whistle and call for a ball up in the centre of the ground. Nearing the half-time siren, Sharks up by six. Seven points. You're in our match of the day on girlsplayfooty.com. Throw it up in the air. Champon versus O'Brien. O'Brien won it. Ball to ground. Champon there as well. Carney, the ball popped out. It squeezed out like a bar of soap. Chapman has to go in there. Does so. Gets a little hand pass out. One step kick. Now looking for Garner. Garner, great marking. In front of Pound, and Garner swung around in the hope direction. One hand, it was spalled out of it. While she's there for support, does the roving work. Ball's in front of her, can't quite hang on to it. Now goes to the hand pass back. Paterno there, ran into trouble, including Ashmore. Kiss picked it off, got the hand pass away. Stolen by McWilliams, hurriedly put it on the boot, and it squeezed through for one behind. 3-6-24, the Sharks. 2-4-16, Melbourne Uni. Yeah, Hope, she had her chance there. She had to sit on Kiss. She went for the went for the, the, the ball as opposed to the player. If she had to just tackle the player, it would have been holding the ball. So let off there for the Muggers. They exposed themselves, but they escaped with another behind. McIntosh has it in the defensive goal square, but it's not going to matter because it's half-time here at Peanut Farm Reserve. And it's the Sharks, 3-6-24. They lead by eight points over the Muggers, 2-4-16. What did we make of that second term? Yeah, well, it was a bit of an arm wrestle for most of it. And I mean, we saw Melbourne Uni come out to, uh, to the open side only once. A lot of it was played on the outer side of the ground. The Sharks... Uh, probably forced the Muggers into that, uh, that that style of play because they did really dominate uh, the opening stages of the second term and they got themselves out to that, that little lead of 
was it 10 or 11 points at some stage and they look like they were, they're going to put maybe one or two on the board and, and really create a break but the Muggers got one against the flow they they finally managed to move the ball with a, a bit of gusto through the middle and got themselves one over the back tapping a fantastic finish but and, and you can see as well heads held up quick pats on the pack they have know they've got the advantage in front and they're feeling good and they're feeling like they can run out of second half oh absolutely and and look uh, Bruton almost injured at the end of that quarter so it's good to see she's okay and and she really needs support in there. I hope they put Walsh in the middle. Um, she was forward for, for pretty much all of that second quarter. But you can just see the Muggers are really holding on here, but they did it well. Uh, and they've trailed at halftime in almost all of their games. Uh, that's kind of how they roll. They know they've got the legs. So both sides will be confident they can win this. And for the Muggers, it's going to be all about the third quarter. They, they really need to take advantage of the breeze bring it out the open side, kick three or four quick ones and really put the, the pressure on the Sharks. But as we've seen today, it's going to be low scoring. It's tough conditions. It's going to be a, a difficult task in the third term for both sides. And it's just amazing with Brittany Benici. As we've said, she's played footy for that whole week and now come up, pull the boots on again for game number five to play Premier Division football. So it's high standard football that she's played for five days. But it also shows, I guess, a different attitude between both sides as well, which is very interesting that you've got for St Kilda Sharks that Benici's been away for a week and then comes back into play game five. Carrick was away for a week on the same trip just as runner but Melbourne Uni had the philosophy of well it doesn't matter what you do if you're not training you're not in the Premier Division side and you played Division 1. Well mate if you've been at uh, Gold Coast the last five seasons you've been able to sniff a bit and drink a bit the day before the game and get away with it. <laughs> it's, funny how, uh, <laughs> it's funny how standards change isn't it? And then they got 24 blokes to choose from. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And by that I meant the salts. Yeah, thank, thank. Yes, yeah. of course, the salts. Of course, ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah, the ab- smelling salts. Ab- ab- you get on the good stuff, and you wake up the next day, and the smelling salts, and you're back, and you go to training. <laughs> Apparently, it's a Harley Benel special. But anyway, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll saying, be in the county court this week. I'm please. saying, well, what? <laughs> uh, you're off the civil court, I reckon, at that rate, mate. Um, um, for the for the sharks as well. I mean, you just look at some of the players, like Garner. You said sticky fingers. Anything that came in her direction, didn't matter how bad the kick was, it stuck. Oh, she's a superstar. And look, played in the midfield for a little bit. They started McWilliams in there and, and really starting to throw things around. As we know, Shannon McFerrin knows her her players very, very well. She only retired last season. Um, played several seasons down here at the Sharks. So she knows all of the players really, really well inside out and she's got the best out of them so far and looks like a fantastic coaching change. Of course, she was made coach, I believe, on Friday night, so she's only two days into the job and doing a great job so far. I guess, as you've said, the issue is um, Garner takes the marks, but then she probably needs to kick it to herself, but she's got yeah. the ball. So they need that extra link in the chain. McWilliams is there, thereabouts, but um, she, the ball, she seems to be playing a bit deeper than perhaps Hope is. I'm not really sure what they were trying to do at the end. They look like they were getting in each other's way, which is only natural. Uh, I hope they put McWilliams either at centre-half back or on the ball against the breeze in the third quarter because I think that's where she'll have her most impact. The, the interesting thing as well to see is McIntosh. Now, McIntosh has get, uh, been getting a bit of the ball and she was effective against Diamond Creek when she was at true half-back pushing forward. Because she's had to, I think she's on Walsh, Walsh has sent her deep and towards the pocket so McIntosh is getting the ball but she's not being as effective as you'd like her to be. And even the use I mean she just hasn't been able to use it as she'd like and she does have the high ball drop a bit of uh, Stephen Milne about it doesn't help you in these conditions and even that last kick when she took the kick out right on the siren just shanked it 
Um, it does play havoc with some players and less with others. And McIntosh, it's really hurt her today in these conditions. But as you say, Walsh has forced her deep. Um, McIntosh will go better when they kick with the breeze because once it holds up, she does tend to play in front. Uh, and we saw that in the first quarter. Whereas in that quarter, she's playing in front, the ball's carrying over her head. It, uh, it gets over the back, and all of a sudden, she's got to chase Walsh. So, yeah, it didn't quite work out in that term. You've got to play the conditions and play the play your position accordingly. But uh, I'm sure third term, they'll they'll uh, they'll go back to the way they did in the first, and then in the fourth, she'll have to uh, readjust once again. And just before we hit the break, Matt, uh, in your opinion, how many goals do Melbourne Uni need to be in front at three-quarter time to have a reasonable buffer against the Sharks for the Breeze in the final turn. Oh, pr- around, you know, yeah, I don't know what Dan's hand signals are there, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking That's around three. Top six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My maths isn't that good. Um, you went to summary, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. There's a shot. <laughs> I'm um, talking about that coming from Brody. <laughs> I can't even use the two, western suburbs. Two <laughs> suburbs we should knock straight out of that tree. Yeah. Thanks very much for your support, Dan. Yeah. We should <laughs> draw a line. on yourself in court for this week. <laughs> we should draw a line about Coburg, uh, Bell Street, oh, no. just draw a line, the rest out. <laughs> Bad luck. What do you call dead in court? <laughs> the defendant. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, but I think I think they need six goals. I think they're going to need... They, they haven't looked in control of this game and they're just hanging on by the skin of their teeth, uh, in, in my opinion. The Sharks have been the one that have been impressive, just haven't been able to hit the scoreboard. Um, as effectively as what they would have uh, what did they kick five points in that term so yeah I, th- I think six goals they'll, they'll need uh, in this next term to uh, create that buffer to be comfortable mm. we'll take this opportunity to take a break here on girlsplayfooty.com it is half time here at the peanut farm reserve where is the St Kilda Sharks 3-6-24 leading the Melbourne Uni Muggers by 8 points 2-4-16 we'll be back in a moment yeah, g'day, love. I'm here about the car. Hi, um, are they with you? Yeah, a few boys wanted to come over in case you joined. I mean, look at the car. <laughs> oh, I need to sell my car fast. Need to sell your car fast? At sellmycar.com.au, we will buy your car. Cash for your car, fast. Conditions apply. See sellmycar.com.au. Good afternoon. Hi. Just the bread and milk, thanks. That's five fifty, thank you. And can I have something to put those in that will injure our marine life, clog our drains and landfill, adding to over six billion other plastic bags used every year that aren't recycled, meaning most end up as rubbish? Uh, may I recommend you pick up one of our environmentally friendly reusable bags? It's time to think about what you're really asking for. Say no to plastic bags. For more information, visit cleanup.com.au. Hi, I'm Gabby Hollows. Help the Fred Hollows Foundation continue my husband's work. $25 can help someone see again. Please call 1-800-352-352 or visit hollows.org.au. Everything a business throws out represents wasted money and resources. Reducing waste and recycling unwanted items in the workplace is great for the environment and can be good for the bottom line too. Planet Arc's businessrecycling.com.au lists recyclers from across Australia and it's quick, free and easy to use. You'll also find a guide for choosing the right recycler and 
and free signage. Search for Business Recycling or call 1300 763 768. Do you know someone with macular degeneration or glaucoma who's finding it hard to get around because of vision loss? They may have recently had a fall or you've noticed they're no longer able to find their way around safely. If you do, you should contact Guide Dogs. They help people just like this to stay safe and active. And it's a free service. To find out how Guide Dogs assists people with impaired vision to stay safe and independent, call 1-800-804-805. That's 1-800-804-805. Thinking about selling your home or looking for a company to manage your property investments? With offices in Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne, Hocking Stewart are the experts in Melbourne's inner north. Hocking Stewart takes the hard work out of selling by offering the unique service of preparing homes for sale, including property repairs, property styling and furniture hire. For a free property appraisal from one of our friendly and reliable team members, call Hocking Stewart on 9340 1900. Live across the web, this is the match of the day. And perfect timing just as we come back here to the peanut farm. The St Kilda Sharks girls come running back onto the ground. And needless to say, Mandy Cox, a lot of talk as they come running out. They're very much up and about, very positive, and they've got good reason. They only lead by uh, eight points. But, um, geez, I think they should be leading by a lot more. They've controlled the play in my eyes uh, in the first half. And I think they just need to continue doing what they're doing. Melbourne Uni... They, they looked flat-footed, to, to, in to, in my opinion. They just they don't look like the side that I saw uh, a couple of weeks ago against Darabin. They just don't have that hunger and intent for the ball, whereas that's what uh, St Kilda have, and that's the reason why they're up. And I think uh, it's fair enough to say it's it's the old case of sides just seem to look different when there's that change of coach, no matter what side it might be, no matter what league, no matter anywhere around the country. That first game when they've had the new coach, just maybe it's just that, you know, the old saying, change is good as a holiday. Bang, they just come out full of light. Yeah, that fresh perspective on things, I think that would uh, help them, of course. If, again, they've only uh, won one game, lost two. Uh, the, the, the way they're playing at the moment looks like they uh, could go want to win this afternoon but uh, I think you're right it might just have reinvigorated them and they're quietly confident as, as well um, from what we heard a little earlier when uh, Dan spoke with their coach so uh, as Melbourne Uni come out onto the ground a little buoyant but uh, not as ecstatic as what uh, the St Kilda Sharks were when they reappeared after the halftime break Yep, they know they've got the challenge in front of them, but they know they've had two good third quarters so far up their sleeve, and both of them have resulted in victory. So the question will be, if they do have an unsatisfactory third term, how will they respond after that? And what what would you do if you were Andrew Andrew Jago? What were some of the changes you'd make for this uh, second half? I would, for a while, maybe for a few minutes, throw McIntosh on the ball, throw into the middle of the ground, because I'm concerned that she would be too deep, saying, right, let's just, you know, a five-minute hit in the middle, get her hands on the ball, get her kicking it, just some aggression in the middle of the ground, just to turn the tackling pressure and intensity back the mugger's way. That's that's the one thing I do. Sometimes you need to do that. Have Maybe even Tapner as well. Tapner actually got thrown the ball for a brief period during the um, 
the game against Simon Creek last week. Unique, just an aggressive type, thrown on the ball, maybe for the start of the third term, so that few minutes just to lift the tempo in your way. McWilliams and Benici both starting on the ball, so going to one who's pretty hot in Benici and, and McWilliams who probably hasn't had a whole heap of it but has started in the middle and has had an impact when she's been in the centre of the ground. So it looks like they're, uh, they're going to try and play her around the ball as they go into the wind. So the umpire raised the ball off to get us underway for the third term on girlsplayfooty.com. Matthew Cox. The umpire gets us back underway. O'Brien got the tap in the middle. Trying to get the handball out. There are the Sharks. Little soccer off the ground. Trying to move it forward here. The Muggers trying to gather it. Is Moss script. It's on the half forward area. Series of handballs into a bit of space. Moss script went without it. And a little kick there from McWilliams towards the boundary line on the centre wing position out of side. We're going to get a boundary throw in. It's the Sharks 3-6-24, Melbourne Uni 2-4-16, a margin of eight points. Early stages of this third term. Champong versus O'Brien. Uh, Champong won it, brought the ball to ground. They had to go back in and get it again because O'Brien sat on it. Over the top and Ichi and the umpire will call for a ball up on the centre wing out of side of the ground. Here at the Peanut Farm, eight-point lead to the Sharks. Ball up in the air, over the head of O'Brien. At the back, Carney. Got help, but got a kick away in the Stevenson direction. Vanderwall was in front of her. They kicked it in the direction of the boundary line and found that safety. Out of bounds, throw it in between centering and half-forward flank. Muggers attacking the right for the radio dial. Stevenson here is a big pivot point. Uh, Vanderwall's on her, and in this term, this is the, the term she's got to make her own. Ruck contest, fairly neutral. Little kick off the ground there from the Sharks. Went straight in the hand of Pound. Gave the handball off to her teammate, then got it back, then was stripped to the ball. Hildebrand able to gather it, and she was well held. McIntosh circling. It's going to be wrapped up. Ball spills out the back of the pack in there. White. She couldn't get it. Umpire's finally going to call for it between centre wing and half forward for the Sharks on the outer side. The Sharks are up by eight points. O'Brien got the tap. Straight into the hands, though, of Chapman. Ball again in dispute, and the umpire will come in for a secondary ball up, still between centre wing and half forward on the outer side. Again, a minor win there for the Sharks. They're, they're managing to force the ball forward, and they're winning the contact in here. And first to it was Blankburn, got it across the pound, back to Hildebrand, who was caught straight away by oh. Chapman, wrapped up, and the umpire says, holding the pill, and that will be a free kick to the St Kilda Sharks here, captain in Chapman, who uh, thought about giving up the hand pass to Catterall, then thought better. And Chapman, between centre wing and half forward, gave up the hand pass. Standing start, keep by Dardengo, long and high, close towards the boundary line. One bouncing over, 52 metres out from goal. Next week's game here on girlsplayfooty.com. We'll be back at Mulgrave Reserve for the Eastern Devils. Taking on Diamond Creek, should be a ripping contest as a Champong got it down. Got across to Pedersen, he kicked it towards the 50. There was Mo Hope harassing her opponent close towards the boundary line. Carney, one step, put boot to ball. Went for 50 metres, a clearing kick. One bouncing over the boundary line and out of bounds. Yeah, good work there from Carney. There was, she had one objective and one objective only. Get it out of the 50. Boundary line and got it there. And, and look, Melbourne, they, Melbourne Union needs to try and open it up here. They're just allowing the Sharks to clog things up and get numbers around the ball. Third man up, got the tap for the stra- Sharks straight into a pack. Now they're going to get a clearance here. That's Carney on the outer side. Oh, she was cut off and the Sharks are going to send it back inside. Attacking 50 mark taken though by Pound in the back pocket. On the outer side, Pound wearing the long sleeves this afternoon. 
Kicks it back up along the boundary line on the outer side. Going to be cut off from McWilliams, and it's going to come straight back in for the Sharks. That's her role in this term. They're up by eight points. Short little kick. Didn't find a target. O'Brien in there. Sent the handball out wide, looking for Moscript. Ball on the deck. McWilliams is in there for the Sharks. Tried to get it out and did just that. Little kick around the corner there from Dardengo. Finds the boundary line. It'll go out of play. And we'll get a boundary thrown between centre wing half forward on the outer side, favouring St Kilda Sharks. So we're 3-6-24. Melbourne Uni 2-4-16, a margin of eight points. And up in the air again, O'Brien from behind, picked off again by McWilliams. Her kick was smothered though. White has to go back in and get it. She is tackled straight away by Chapman. And the umpire says it's gone over the boundary line and out of bounds. So we'll have another throw in. Eight-point lead to the Sharks here on girlsplayfooty.com. Ball back, thrown back into play. There is a champong, tapped it down, picked off again by McWilliams, racking up the possessions. Goes long in the direction there of Garner, came out of her hands. Ball hit the deck, little hand pass out, cut off there by Carney, who that again deliberate. goes to the safety of the boundary line, oh. and the umpire will not pay deliberate. That was a 45-degree <laughs> angle. That was just straight for the line. It was interesting to watch the National Youth Girls Carnival when Queensland lost by about seven points. When it was one goal, the difference at one stage, the umpires paid about three or four deliberates in a row against Victoria Metro. Ah, once they get the spark up, why not? Just keep going. (laughs) O'Brien got the tap for the Muggers, straight into the hands, though, of Catterall. Well tackled there, Champong. Now it's going to be stripped there from O'Brien. She got a little handball away. Umpire says dropping the ball, free kick going the way of the Sharks. And it's that girl again, McWilliams. Dominating. She sends it to the half-forward flank, out of sight. No one able to take a clean mark. Comes to Walsh, looking to give the handball off. Had to go backwards. Went to Garner. She sends it inside, attacking 50, bouncing ball. Hope was going to be first to meet it. But instead, it bounced over the boundary line and out of play. An eight-point margin in favour of the Sharks. Early stages of this third term, and you sense it's just about to open up. A lot of tension so far in this third term. Tap came the way of Benici. She got a little kick around the corner. Didn't do much. Stevenson in there. There's a shot on goal from the Sharks to minus score. And that extends their lead to nine points. That just shows you, boys. Lou Stevenson is the centre-half forward for the Muggers. And she's in the back pocket. So that's the structures just aren't there at the moment for Melbourne Uni. 3725 the Sharks, 2416 Melbourne Uni. Thanks to sellmycar.com.au sponsors the Sharks. Long to Hildebrand who takes a mark. 50 metres out from defensive goal. Half back flag out of side. Just looking further ahead for some options. And does go high. Anderson there, knocked out of her hands, and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. Just no value out there. No value going wide when you're kicking with a wind. Right in front of Andrew Jago and the Melbourne Uni coaching bench. Anderson versus a champong. A champong brought the ball to ground. Dengo tries to get a hand pass in there while under pressure. McWilliams back there. Hot potato pill at the moment. Couldn't hang on to it. Close towards the boundary line. Picked off there. And it will go over. And we'll uh, have a throw in between centre wing and half forward flank. Melbourne Uni starting to press forward. Umpire sends it back into play, third man up again got the tap for the Sharks, got it moving forward Carney trying to gather it Sharks though with the numbers, Bruton gave the handball off to her teammate and then the kick it was wide, it'll find the boundary line once again they've moved it to the half forward flanker out of side the Sharks they're up by nine points this third term here on girlsplayfooty.com radio as the umpire sends it back into play a champong again with the tap 
Came though into the hand of the Muggers. They send the handball out. Although it's all the Sharks finding, almost finding the boundary line. Kept in play there from White. Gave the handball off to a teammate, but it's turned over. Sending it back inside, attacking 50 was Ralph. Bouncing ball on the arc. Hildebrand trying to tap it back towards that boundary line. She'll see it go out of play. And we'll get a boundary throw in half forward flank for the Sharks. It's been all up there in so far in this third term. Lot to be thrown back into play at Champong versus Anderson. Out the back door, Catterall was there as well. To ground, Anderson got caught straight away. Champong jumped into her. And now Champong stripped off the ball. Got it across to McWilliams though. McWilliams standing stuck, kicked to Hope! Great grab. He took it sliding like John Travolta in the video clip for Grease Lightning. And will be lining up for goal on a 45-degree angle from about 30 metres out. Is that your go-to on uh, Saturday nights of the over-28s, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear those adventures. <laughs> oh, heavens. <laughs> Talk about a tale of tragedy and despair. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the Bee Gees, wasn't it? <laughs> as Mo Hope comes in from 30 to 35 metres out. Got to be left goalpost here. Has the to approach. Be left right boot. Liked it as soon as it left the boots. Shocking kick. It was a chopper. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. She punched the air. It goes, it doesn't matter how you kick it as long as it goes between the two big sticks. I'll tell you what, there's plenty of value in the floater in the wind because it can't catch the wind as much. It sort of spins its way through and, geez, she struck it terribly. But it travelled nicely and it's all about uh, the end result. But again, the muggers getting sucked into a contested game out on the wing, that suits St Kilda down to the ground. Yes, the bigger bodies for, for the muggers should be should be winning out, but the problem is there's no release. There's no release handball. It's all St Kilda around the packs, and again, they just take advantage. Umpire gets us back underway in the middle. Anderson got the tap straight in the hands of Brute, and he shrugged off a couple of tackles. McIntosh coming through the middle. She gathers, comes to this broadcast side of the ground, takes one bounce, kicks it inside, attacking 50, looking for Tapner. She had the ball punched away from her. It's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Throw someone with, like, aggression like McIntosh into the middle of the ground to change the game. And they need to spark here, Melbourne Uni. They're down by 15 points. It's 4-7-31 to 2-4-16. The Sharks are up. Contest there. Little fingertip from Coulson. Comes to ground level. Sharks are all wrapped up. Right on by the Prez. Just keeping it in there. And we'll get a ball up just inside attacking 50 on the broadcast side for the Muggers. And the umpire sends it back into the air. Coulson got the tap. It's back on the deck. McWilliams in there for the Sharks. Bruton had a fresh air shot at it. And it's back in McWilliams' hands. And she's all wrapped up. Will their ball up. In fact, that's Randall coming off the bottom of the pack, not McWilliams. It's the umpire to send it into the air on the 50-metre arc on the broadcast side of the ground for the Muggers. It's all the Sharks, though. Bruton, it's a scraggly-looking pick up along the line. Here's... Uh, that was Randall. Handball was ineffective. Cut off by White. She tried to punch it towards the boundary line. McIntosh keeps oh, it in play. Tackle. Sharks. Now they get a clearing kick out of the pack. It'll go across the boundary line and out of play. Umpire says throw it in right in front of our broadcast position here at Peanut Farm Reserve. Huge, huge win again for the Sharks. They had numbers around it. Managed to force it clear. Every 50-50 pack situation they seem to be winning in this, in this third term. 
and it's, uh, it's been the domination so far. 4-7-31 to 2-4-16, 15-point lead to the Sharks, came off hands, Mick McIntosh tried to pick it up, couldn't do Pepper. so, here's Pepper Randall, she's got to spin around, she does, Where's kicks she it towards the middle of the ground, almost going in the wrong direction, and the ball is almost bouncing in the wrong direction, Coulson overran it though, couldn't get onto it, had support back there, coming through to uh, Dartengo, shrugged off one, shrugged off two, kicked it straight down the guts, that's the way to go, Catterall looking nearby in case of support, doesn't matter, Benici ducked under one, got up, went long towards the forward line, Mo Hope will oh, bounce, oh, it bounced no. first, and then she cracked it, and the umpire's going to call for a ball up, but she Benici, claimed it too, she claimed the mark, Benici just got taken down, ducked under, got up again, and sprinted away, when you're on fire, you're on fire, umpires gets it back underway, Muggers under all sorts of pressure. They get the clearing kick towards the halfback. Flank all coming late there was Pound. Couldn't complete the mark, but she'll be able to gather. Well. Gave the handball off and now running away with its Blackburn. How she far? screams through the middle. Finally takes a bounce just in time. Cute little kick around the corner. It beat Randall, which means it went in the hands of Ashmore. Ashmore has a shot on goal. It bounces back into play. Hildebrand's there. Oh she collected no. her teammate on the way through, oh which no. was Tapner. She's on the deck. Hildebrand kick around the body. Well, they finally got there, but geez, it was hard work. And Hildebrand with the goal for the Muggers, 3-4-22. The Sharks, 4-7-31, a margin of nine points. Geez, they stuffed that up. <laughs> yeah, well, she deserved the goal there, Ashmore. I was about to say, she wasn't going to make the same mistake twice oh, in a game. Yeah. And it was a beautiful kick. It's pitched on the line. And I think it was Tapner down there trying to kick it over her head off her back. She actually finished up kicking one of the Sharks players in the side of the head, but in the process of kicking, and that's why the Sharks players were remonstrating for a free kick and really should have rushed it through, but Hildebrand was uh, on the spot and kicked the goal. So all of a sudden, game on, they transfer the ball end-to-end, and the Muggers are back in it. Thanks to sellmycar.com.au. Nine points of difference, and the Sharks leading. McIntosh got it across out to Carney, who kicked around the corner. Found Ashmore no said no 15. Play on, had to get around McWilliams. Kicked it towards the half-forward flank position. Mark taken there by Ruby Grounds, who gave up the hand pass to White. Hugging close towards the boundary line. Tapner is there. She gets a little shot, ducked underneath one. Still in play. Gave up the hand pass to Blackbird against the boundary line. Kicked it towards the top of the square. Coolery, too. Just good. classy. It wasn't Coolery, I think it was Clifford, actually. In fact, you close towards the boundary line. White takes the mark. Either way, could have let it go or could have taken the mark. She's going to end up with the pill. She is 50 metres out in front of the pavilion here at the Peanut Farm. Very kickable. She's looking to go long. She approaches now. White for the Muggers. Has a crack. It's floating on the breeze and it comes off hands for the near side for a minor score. 3-5-23 for Melbourne Uni. They trial by eight points. The St Kilda Sharks, 4-7-31 for sellmycar.com.au. Risky restart. Yeah, it was. It's on the halfback flank. Out of side for the Sharks. They're all wrapped up. They'll get a ball up. Melbourne Uni have lifted in the last couple of minutes. This is where the fitness starts to come into it. Umpire gets us back underway, half forward flank for the Muggers, little kick forward there, bouncing ball or going without it, in there was Coulson, Sharks get a clearing kick, but it's cut off by White. She'll fancy herself again here. Centre half forward, she'll have to kick it from 50 metres out. Oh, 46 and a half, the yeah, arc. Little chip kick short, finds a target and it looks like Blackburn. Yeah, bad marking there, I think that might be... Clifford, who was her direct opponent. Yeah, 
maybe. They, they, they left the hole open and you can't afford it with someone with the class in the Ilka Valley Blackburn who'll be very comfortable having a shot from there. Yeah, now this is right goalposts. You can't be anywhere else but right goalposts. Let's see if they've learnt the lessons. So Blackburn comes in. And after a long run-up, sends it on its way. It's a wobbly kick off the boot, and it's made it. It's all about the wobbler today. Their second goal for this term, Melbourne Uni. They go to 4-5-29 to 4-7-31, a margin of two points in favour of the Sharks. Now, I hate to backtrack in the special comments, but let's just go <laughs> back for a second. Um, Pepper Randall, about five minutes ago when she sort of pseudo-attempted to switch the ball, and kicked it from the open side back to the dead side, which was sort of uh, open in that situation. Ever since that, Muggers, bang, bang, goal. Just lost the discipline there, had to go down the line, and it's cost them badly. And Champong wins it out to Garner. Garner had to shrug off Sean Wilson and kick the walls to centre half forward position. The ball bounces awkwardly. Coming out towards it as McWilliams got knocked out of her hands. Carney is first to it. Got the, onto the right boot, looking to find Stevenson, who's now being moved to the fence. Stevenson now gets on the left boot, tries to dribble it up the line. Coming out to oh, meet it is Vanderwall. She's well good. Done. She gets on the right boot over the head of McWilliams. It's an awkward bounce. Parking herself underneath it is Kiss. Kiss got the little hand. And pass away looking for Hay close towards the boundary line and Garner will see it over and we'll have a throw in near three quarter time two points the difference Sharks leading the Muggers yeah, McWilliams back to centre half forward I don't like it they should just leave her on the ball umpire sends it back into play O'Brien got the tap Muggers try to get the clearance Bruton cuts it off sends the handball off to her teammate and Garner gets the kick moving forward it's going to be cut off by Pound did she get dealt with afterwards umpire didn't want anything to do with it half back flank out of sight for the Muggers. Pound. Oops. Danced around her teammate, then got caught from McWilliams. Gave the handball off in time to Kiss, who kicks it up along the line. It's on the oh. centre wing position, out of sight, paddling it forward. There's Wilson. They've moved it to the half forward line now, the Muggers, but it's going to be turned over. Sharks had it in their possession momentarily, and then they were well wrapped, wrapped up. Umpire's going to come in between centre wing and half forward on the outer side in favour of the Muggers. They're down by two points in this third term. All thrown up in the air. Tap down to Champong. Close towards the boundary line. And it will go out. And we'll have another throw in. Centre wing to half forward flank is the position favouring the Muggers. Back in, a Champong versus O'Brien. That Dengo there as well. Try to hatch it out. Garner wanted to get involved. And it stacks on them all at the moment. O'Brien tries to hack it out. She can't. And the umpire is going to call for another ball up with Vanderwall looking on. Now, fellas, as we would have noticed probably five or six minutes ago, just before this run started for the Muggers, it was really clogged around the footy. Now it's spread. It favours the Muggers. And uh, got the little tap down to Wilson, who now kicks it on the ground to uh, Blackburn, who shoveled out the hand pass. Looking for Lee Kaluzzi. Clifford on her hammer. Got it out. Then on the left. Went long towards the forward line. Just bowled over Tapner, who couldn't quite pick it up. And it was well done. Good defence by the Sharks, who went for the safety at the boundary line. And they found it. 40 metres out for the Muggers' goal. Sharks leading by two points here on girlsplayfooty.com. It's a very narrow two points. It's the narrowest two points of the day. Umpire sends it into play. Sharks unopposed in the ruck. They get a clearing kick back towards the centre wing position. Walsh, well, no, it's Benici running onto it near that boundary line. And uh, she collected half the bench there for the muggers. Yeah, just put the arms out, can't get away <laughs> free there. <laughs> and we're Why not? Take a couple with you. <laughs> boundary throw in on the centre wing position, out of side. Umpire sends it back into play. Anderson got the tap for the muggers. 
They tried to get the clearance. Unable to. Ball on the deck. Now they will. Clearing kick. Gets it moving towards the half-forward flank. Out of side. Ball they're under pressure. The Sharks on half-back. Nice little tackle there. Try to feed the handball out. In these grounds for the Muggers. Holding things up. Little oh, scoop. Comes to Bruton. The kicks, soccer scoop. Kicks around the body. Finds McWilliams. They've moved it to between centre wing and half-forward. The Sharks. Handball comes back to McWilliams. A little kick along the ground. Trying to find her teammate. She went without it. Coming oh. through his pounds. She was taken. She got, by. She got pounded. <laughs> nice little pun there, Dan. She got squashed. There's <laughs> pounds has it on the halfback flank. Out of sight for the Muggers. They're holding up well across halfback in this third term. Right kick too, just down the line. And searching for it and we'll find it. Ball goes out of play on the outer side. 4-7-31 the Sharks. Muggers 4-5-29. A margin of two points nearing three-quarter time. Crucial couple of minutes here. That the Sharks have got to get themselves a goal. Catterall did the ruck work but it got out from White who got it to Carney. And Carney went long towards it up Hildebrand! Now playing it up Ford said the defence has dived and taken the mark. Hildebrand got on the left, had to be quick. She went for the hill, for the hole, but it was cut off. Vivid back there, just gets up quickly, looks around, wants some options. That Dengo leading towards her, ignored. Up the middle. Goes straight up the guts. Here comes McIntosh. Stood tall despite Pippa Randall coming at her from the side. McIntosh bounces straight back up. In the centre of the ground, says, come to me, I need a lead. Gets on the right, works it out towards the Ashmore direction. She bucked her opponent out of the way. Ashmore kept her feet, though. She's got it, nearly ran into her teammate in McIntosh. Spun around, put her on the right boot towards the half-board flank position. Fingertip a stuff for Carney. Carney got it back against the boundary line. Tried to hook it back. She kicked kicked the fat bit rather than the thin bit. (laughs) Went out of bounds on the fall and it'll be a free kick for the Sharks in their back pocket nearing three quarter time. Dardengo just copped a big knock moments ago but she's back to her feet. Just a little winded. Just need to keep possession here. The Sharks they come along the boundary line on this broadcast side juggling it there. Were the Sharks Tabner tried to strip the ball it's in a pack. Umpire says play on. It spills out the back. There's a hold of free kick going the way of the Sharks between centre wing and half back. Benici. It, it is Benici. So just waits for the ball to come back into her hands. That's Chapman on her own here. So and ben- McWilliams. Benici goes up. It's to a pack. Flies, pounds. Couldn't bring it down for the Muggers. Ball on the deck. Just tapping it along at the moment. Tapner went without it. She now gathers. Oh, got one high. Umpire missed it. Nah, duck the head. Good umpiring. It wasn't a duck the head. It was more of a drop the knees. The umpire was not interested in one iota. Said get up. And she's taken a while to get up too. Tapner ball on the centre wing. Anderson got a fingertip to it. Comes to the deck. And it's all wrapped up. Umpire's going to call for a two-point margin here at Peanut Farm Reserve in favour of the Sharks nearing three-quarter time. Haven't had many stoppages on this open side. This is a key, key stoppage for both teams. Anderson Garner went without it, though. In goes to Pepper Randall. Tried to get a hurried hand pass out. Stolen away, though. There's one bounce. Trying to get the hand pass out there. Moskrip got tackled. Got taken away by Paterno. Paterno got dumped by Blackburn. Still in the half-forward flank. Pressure football. Cattle ducked one. And it's Benici. Ducked one. Then got the kick towards the wing 
looking for Jenna Burton, but the ball bounced and went over the boundary line and out of bounds. <laughs> Tough footy here at the moment. That's what you love to see. Two-point lead to the Sharks. Plenty of talk out there as it's thrown back into play. Anderson to go up, almost uncontested. Ball went out the back. Randall trying to fight her way through. Catterall there as well. Dardengo picks it up. Went for the little scoop hand pass over the top. Benici got it out sideways. Got it out to Gartner, who went looking for McWilliams. Missed her. Walsh out the back. Hand pass over the top. McWilliams missed it. There is a Pound. Put her on the right boot. Went towards the direction of Gartner. Oh. Picked off, though. Here's the run by Grounds. Lost the hand pass. Ashmore overran it. In goes Dardengo. Wraps it all up. And the umpire will blow the whistle and call for a ball up. Yeah, some tough, tough footy there. There's a bit going on off the ball as well. The players are willing, and they're up for the contest. It's going to be whoever's harder and lower here. Anderson got the tap straight in the hands of Randall, who kicks it towards centre-half forward for the Sharks. Hope running onto it, or she went without it, under a bit of pressure now from Mosscript. She's uh, gathered it, though, Hope. Runs around a bit of traffic. On the ball. And, yeah, rightly so. Goring got it. Good tackle. And Muggers now get the kick to the centre wing. Looking for a target, unable to take the mark out there. Handball comes to the teammate. It's Mosscript. She sends it towards the half-forward flank. Bouncing ball. It'll go out of play. Half-forward flank out of side for the Muggers. They're down by two points. Huge gain, though, for the Muggers. They've re- they were really under the pump those last few minutes. They've managed to get it in their end. And closing stages, it's a nice place for it to be. We wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Anderson versus uh, Pedersen. Ball went out the back. Dribble on the ground. Now having to duck and weave is Gardner. Got a hurried little kick out. Bruton a chance to run onto it. Decides to go with a punch instead. Wilson oh, overran it. Oh, got the in the back of the opponent there in Salafia. And they've gone the trip. No, no, the slide. Oh, sliding the slide, Sliding, that's right. I forgot the old sliding rule. It's only come in recently. As as uh, Bruton now gets it. Now gets on the right. Looking in the direction of Mick Williams. Went over her head. Giddings going with her. Close towards the boundary line. Giddings had it. Lost it. Got it back again. Mick Williams shuffles her over the boundary line will throw it in half forward flank for the Sharks can they pinch one before the three quarter time sign they can't because there it sounds and what a quarter of football as uh, Dan just goes uh, running off a sensational contest it's just two points the difference it is it's very very exciting the intensity lifted in the second half of that third term the muggers finally came to play they brought the margin back to just two points the sharks lead 4 7 31 4 5 29 the muggers and hildebrand and mcintosh i think were pivotal mm. with that revival from the muggers being moved up the ground there was a passage of play where we saw mcintosh run through the middle and i think that's what kick-started their revival and the strange thing was when the Sharks were on top for the better part of that third quarter, usually the first 10-15 minutes, is when they had McWilliams in the middle and McWilliams was dominating getting a hand on the ball. It was, yeah. And then they moved her back to the half forward and we hardly saw her again, which it's just a change in dynamic there from the Sharks. And then they started to look flat-footed. They didn't have that spark and that run that we've seen them have so far in the game. Um, they'll be a little bit disappointed going into this three-quarter time break. They're going to need an inspiring speed to get them over the line. We'll take a break here at girlsplayfooty.com. Three-quarter time at our VWFL Premier Division match of the day. The St Kilda Sharks, 4-7-31. Lead the Melbourne Uni Muggers, 4-5-29. Back in a moment. Thinking about selling your home? 
or looking for a company to manage your property investments. With offices in Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne, Hocking Stewart are the experts in Melbourne's inner north. Hocking Stewart takes the hard work out of selling by offering the unique service of preparing homes for sale, including property repairs, property styling and furniture hire. For a free property appraisal from one of our friendly and reliable team members, call Hocking Stewart on 9340 1900. I usually wear white and I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300-842-737 and find out if orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's and A. Smallwood. Hi, it's Eric from Deaf Children Australia. Ready for your next lesson? With your left hand palm facing you, touch the left thumb with the right pointer finger. That's A. Now put the same pointer finger onto the left hand pointer. That's E. And I, O and U, point and place on the next three fingers. They're the vowels. How easy is that? Next time I'll teach you to sign nice things like thank you. At Deaf Children Australia, we're helping young deaf people reach their potential at school and in life. Please join us. Together we can make a difference. Good afternoon. Hi. Just the bread and milk, thanks. That's 5.50, thank you. And can I have something to put those in that will injure our marine life, clog our drains and landfill, adding to over 6 billion other plastic bags used every year that are recycled, meaning most end up as rubbish. Uh, may I recommend you pick up one of our environmentally friendly reusable bags? It's time to think about what you're really asking for. Say no to plastic bags. For more information, visit cleanup.com.au. Here, get out I'm here about the car. Hi, um, are they with you? Yeah, a few boys wanted to come over in case you joined. I, I mean, look at the car. <laughs> oh, I need to sell my car fast. Need to sell your car fast? At sellmycar.com.au, we will buy your car. Cash for your car fast. Sellmycar.com.au. Conditions apply. See sellmycar.com.au. Live across the web. This is thegirlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. Indeed it is, and welcome back to the Peanut Farm Reserve in St Kilda. We were just now waiting upon to hear from uh, Daniel Hill, who's out there near the huddle with uh, Andrew Jaco. And let's see what the final quarter instructions here. But, Matt, we just saw very, very positive there from the Sharks in that three-quarter time huddle. Yeah, they were. They're still up and about, as they have maintained right throughout the game so far. They lead by two points, and they had an eight-point lead at half-time. Um, so got whittled away there, but they will be kicking with the breeze, which is what I think they'd be excited about in this final term. Well, they've just broken from the huddle now. Let's see if... Uh, no, he didn't take the microphone with him, uh, Daniel Hill. So um, he'll be back to be able to tell us uh, what happened because it was probably just a bit out of range. But no doubt Andrew Jago will be uh, trying to make the moves and see what they can do to try and drag themselves up. Because they've got the tough task. Not that two points down. They are kicking into the breeze in this final term. And they're playing away from home because the, the worst thing that can happen is an only goal to the Sharks and the crowd comes into it. Yeah, but the only good thing is that they had the momentum towards the back end of that final uh, that, that third term so if they can continue with that and get some confidence out of it but the, the first clearance here I think will be pivotal so we're just waiting as timekeepers are blowing the side just to make sure everyone is off the ground and will be underway uh, umpire holds the ball aloft 
And there's the siren to start the final term. Matthew Cox will let us underway here at girlsplayfooty.com. Umpire gets it into the air. Fairly neutral tap. The clearance going the way of the Sharks. Couldn't get a mark on half four, but again, another quick kip. It's into the hole, though. Nice mark taken here by Giddings. Just filling the hole nicely there. She kicks it towards the flank. Going to be cut off. Bonici comes out, takes a very nice mark. Broadcast side. Kicks it inside, attacking 50. Looking for Walsh. Finds a 45-degree angle. Wants the pass. She looks for Hope. She gathers on the half volley, then spills it. Walsh arriving. Couldn't help out, though. The Muggers get a clearing kick. It might come back in here, though. Oh, dropping the mark there was uh, Dardingo. She'll receive the handball. Her kick was smothered. O'Brien in there. Couldn't get it. Pounds. Oh, she was held. Umpire said play on. Ball on the deck. He's going to call for it. We're on the half-forward flank, broadcast side, favouring the Sharks, who are up by two points. And what they have to say at three-quarter time? Yeah, they just wanted to switch the ball more. Uni It's pretty much very similar to what I've been saying through the call. They want to get it outside and try and open it up, and we've already seen it so far. They're playing to the coach's orders, trying to switch it this side, and almost came unstuck, but you've got to take the risk. Free kick to the Muggers in the centre of the ground. And with the captain in Emma Carney, who looks around, she's looking for some options. Where can she go? She tries to clean the football before she kicks it and then gets it on the right boot. A booming kick out towards the half-forward flank position. This is on the uh, pavilion side of the ground. Out come the, out come the players forward getting underneath it and the hand pass out was courtesy of Pedersen to try and move it in. Back it was Ooh, Webb trying to get to Walsh. Walsh is there and then coming through is Bruton. Bruton's got to get through traffic. Gets on the right boot. Comes in towards the middle of the ground. Taking the mark there. I think Is that Pepper Randall? It is. Looks like it. Very similar haircut to uh, McWilliams. Gets on the right boot. Pepper and it's a shank kick, but it goes far enough. Here comes Mo Hope, a long way up from goal. Sold the candy to Carney. She's about 70 metres out from home. No one at home except Giddings, Great who mark. backed herself underneath the pill and took the mark. She had to because Benici was coming. Two marks on the last line of defence for Giddings in this final term. They go wide, the muggers onto the flank. It might come back in here, overrunning the ball there was Hope. Put under a bit of pressure. Handball comes out the way of Hay. Little kick around the corner. Finds a teammate. It's Carney on the outer side. She's she plays on. on and sprints away from her opponent. Takes a couple of bounces. The kick was pretty ordinary to towards the half-forward flank. It comes back. Tapner receives the handball over the top. Back to Carney. Carney kicks it back inside. Attacking 50. Hildebrand couldn't gather it on the half-volley. Kick, kick was smothered from the Sharks. And they're going to get the clearings out of defence. A nice mark taken out there by Chapman. Look at her slow down. Between centre wing and half forward on the outer side. Kicks up along the line. Had a free player. It was McWilliams. And she's been paid the mark. Coming late there was Hay. Walsh has got some space here. McWilliams centres it to centre half forward. She was looking for Garner. Couldn't complete the mark. Ball on the deck. In there's Ashmore for the Muggers. Sends the handball out. It's going to go the way of McWilliams though. She sends it inside attacking 50. Looking for Hope. It bounced off her chest. Giddings couldn't gather it. Neither could Walsh. She sends the handball out. It's going to be turned over. Grounds with a spiralling kick up into the air. McWilliams contested. Couldn't take the mark. She tackled her opponent though in McIntosh. Ball spills out the back of the pack and and it's all wrapped up again. Umpire's going to call for it just inside attacking 50 on the outer flank, favouring the Sharks, who still hold a two-point lead. Yeah, expect that the Muggers, if they win this stoppage, to switch it to Stevenson in the middle of the ground. And Williams goes, McWilliams goes up in the ruck contest. White was caught straight away, going nowhere, and the umpire's going to call for a ball up. Two-point lead to the Sharks, early stages of this uh, final term. 4-7-31 to 4-5-29. Taken off the pack there by White, whose kick is out of bounds. 
mounds on the fall. If it kept going any further, it was going to end up in the Village Bell Hotel. It's going to end up in your front front room, Pete. Russell Gilbert drinks there. He might have taken a mark and come across and had a kick afterwards. As Pepper Randall has the resulting free kick on the outer side. So the wind picks up. Yep, and she might just try and load up. And she does towards the hot spot. There was Kiss. There was Walsh. There was Hot. She just couldn't put on the boot. And she has to try and lay it out. It's there as well. They won't. They just kick it across the face. And it will go out of bounds. I think you're right. I think rushing a point would have been the best option. You're only two points up. Oh, two points down. Just rush it. It doesn't make much of a difference. Umpire sends it back into play. Forward pocket. Big tap over the back there by Catterall. Didn't favour though. Anderson on the deck. She's been held up. Mugger's going to get a clearing kick Here's here. A chance. Back into the middle. Bouncing ball. Handball comes. Put under all sorts of pressure. There was Wilson. It's going to be turned over. In there is a chip. Achapong. Oh, back. Sure. And she's still got it. Finally got the handball to McWilliams. She sends it inside, attacking 50. Looking for Hope. Couldn't complete the mark. Well contested there by Goring. Comes to Walsh. She tries to spend off uh, Goring there. It's going to be turned over into the hands of Grounds. She kicks it to the halfback flank, out of side. It could be coming back in, though. Looking to gather it. There is Dardengo. But she'll see it over the boundary line. And out of play. We'll get a throw in between centre wing and half forward on the outer side. Still a two-point margin in favour of the Sharks. They're 4-7-31. It's the Muggers, 4-5-29. Ball thrown back into play. A champion won the contest. McIntosh tried to get onto it, but Pepper Randall picked up the pill, put boot the ball and went high in the air and getting herself underneath. It was Pound. Gabriella Pound. Looking for the switch. She was looking for uh, Stevenson and decided to stick wide instead. And I think she found the captain in Carney. You know, it's the old rules. If the captain calls for it, you have to give it to the captain. Fair enough. There's no arguing with that. And goes long and high towards the contest. Over the head of Anderson. Went out the back door. Just picking it off there is Blackburn. Put her on the right boot. It went a long way. In a way, it doesn't matter it was out of bounds on the fall. The, the main point for them is it's 30 metres out from defensive goal up the other end of the ground. Yeah, and it is going to be a bit of a territory game here. And we can see both sides are starting to fatigue. But the Muggers have just got to stop letting the ball get over the back. They've got to keep it in front of them. They are kicking into a breeze, which means when the Sharks have got it, the ball is going to carry that extra 10 metres. They just need to allow for it. Vanderwall goes up along the boundary line, and McWilliams takes a very nice mark. Again, they're all under the ball, Muggers. Centre wing, between centre wing and half forward, uh, half back for the Sharks. Now they kick it towards the half forward line. No one able to take the mark. Muggers with the numbers. Got a little kick quick away, looking for pound. It went over the top of her head, which meant it was turned over into the hands of the Sharks. It's Garner. She sends it to Hope. Hope takes a mark in the forward pocket on the outer side. Again, they went and switched the muggers. They threw caution on the wind and, unfortunately, bad turnover. Hope all on her own. One out. Can't really do much about it. So, to get the first goal of this final term, Hope on a very tight angle will be kicking from around 25 metres out. And she's got uh, two to her name already this afternoon. Comes in. It's a nice-looking kick off the boot. That's three for Hope. And now it's out to an eight-point lead here at Peanut Farm Reserve. It's 5-7-37. Melbourne Uni, 4-5-29. Three goals to Mona Hope. Well, it's far from over, but it is eight points. And I, I guess the issue now for the Muggers is don't go into your shell. You've tried to switch it three or four times. It's cost you a goal. It probably could have cost you two or three. But... Uh, by the same token, you might as well stick with it. There's no point trying to just kick the ball down the line and 
go into your shell and just lose by a few points. Miles will keep the game open and try and run over the top of the Sharks. This final quarter, thanks to Hocking Stewart, Brunswick Carlton, Northgate and North Melbourne as the ball is thrown up in the air again. One out by a champion taken by Carney, who kicked it right to the face of a teammate, Daryl White. Falconer bounced off. Pepper Randall going across to McWhibs. It's being moved into the centre of the ground. McWhibs oh, yeah. goes to the contest. Few players clash heads, including Hildebrand. Ball hit the ground. And who can get try and clear possession? Carney goes in there. The umpire's blowing the whistle. Benici and Hildebrand just went thud. And they both get up looking fairly ginger. Hildebrand probably slightly better because she's the one wearing the helmet. As the ball is thrown up in the air, they're going across was a champion. Missed it, picked off by Gabriella Pound. Put boot to ball. Ashmore direction and Pepper Randall coming after her. But Ashmore runs away. Gets on the right boot. Going in the direction of McIntosh. And a bounce on the full. Yeah, you got it. She had, she's been playing this wing most of the day, so not used to the conditions, and it's gone out on the full. Sharks get the kick back towards the centre wing. Garner takes a nice mark. Again, over the back. The muggers are just not awake. Just looking for an option. Sends it towards the half forward. Flank Benici underneath it. Couldn't take the mark. Ball spills out. And it should go over the boundary line. And it will. We'll get a boundary throw in 50 metres around from the Sharks' goal. They're up now by 8 points. 5-7-37 plays. 4-5-29 and we're on the half forward flank out of side for the Sharks throw in a champion got the tap straight to Garner who kicked it around her body looking for Walsh and finds a 45 degree angle about 30 metres out and this one would you say is going to seal the deal well not yet not yet, because I don't think the Muggers could play any worse in the first 10 minutes, and there's still 15 to go. She was thinking about the hand pass off to Garner as well and thought better of it. So Walsh. It's a very, very reliable kick at goal. Walsh. Now I've said that, the Moz is on. <laughs> Under pressure from Dan Hill on girlsplayfooty.com radio. Walsh comes in. It is a wobbly kick off the boot. Not going to have the legs. It's marked in the goal square by the Muggers, and it looks like it's Carney. Just assesses her options, decides to go back along to the outer side. Had a target on, unable to take the mark there. Anderson turned it over, running out to greet it. There was Grounds, overran it. Ball on the deck in dispute. In there is Coulson, couldn't take it. And umpire just letting things go here at the moment. Sharks emerge with it, comes out to Bruton. She runs away from the pack, kicks around her body. It's t- bent too sharply, though, and will roll through for just a minor score. Sharks move to 5-8-38. The Muggers 4-5-29, a margin of nine points. Thanks to Hocking Stewart, Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne, sponsors of the Muggers. They hold the ball aloft to saying we're doing our thing as the Goring gets on the right boot, goes long towards the uh, outer side. McIntosh missed it. There's uh, Clifford, who shrugged off the tackle. Mia Ray Clifford got on the right boot, went inside the forward 50, over the head of Hay. While she's back there, ball bounces very fortunately to Hay. Then she gets cleaned up. Umpire just throw their hands up in the end and said, let it play on. And eventually it all gets wrapped up. Brittany Benici gets involved and the umpire says, I'll call for a ball up. Yeah, kick was smothered. That was good umpiring. Nine points the difference. Sharks favoured here. Final term. No one went up against Cattle. Just put it down the throat of Blackbird. And it's taken away by Carney puts on the leg speed, puts boot to ball. She's looking for McIntosh. Board. And McIntosh has got it. She needs some options. She needs someone to present. Stevenson's too far across and she's trying to run down the ground. McIntosh now gets on the right boot, goes in the Ashmore direction. It floats high in the air, taking a mark though. And uh, playing on was Wilson. Got it across to Kalusi. He got it back to McIntosh. He ran on. McIntosh heads towards the pocket. Will she find it? She will. Vanderwall and uh, Kula Reed seeing it over. 
and we'll have it thrown in 25 metres around from that right-hand point post. What a game of footy. It is 5-8-38 leading 4-5-29. Sharks leading the Muggies here. And the Sharks looking for their second win of the season. Back in the play of Champong. Tapped it down. Bruton first to it. Got caught straight away. Trying to get a hurry kick along the ground. Tackling in there is Mia Ray Clifford. And the umpire says we'll call for another ball up inside the Muggers 50. Kaluzi's all on her own out the back here for, for the Muggers. She's 65 off it, but she's the one sitting behind the play. They're going to man her up now. Or kick it straight to her first. Yeah, it goes in her direction, but it's gone out of bounds. So we'll get a boundary throw in between centre, wing and half forward for the Muggers. They're down by nine points. Sharks lead 5-8-38. Muggers 4-5-29. Plenty of time as well. We've only got about 10 or 11 minutes in this quarter. Umpire yeah. sends it back Definitely. into play on the outer side. Ruckman missed it. Pound in there. Gave the handball off to Blackburn, whose kick was smothered. Back on the centre wing, trying to run onto it. There was Kalzui, and she's all wrapped up. Umpire, or oh, it emerged out of the pack just as he blew the whistle. She's, she was lucky there, Kalzui. I think she just played dead. She didn't want to knock it out, so she just sort of played dead and got away with it. A champong with the tag. Bruton coming through for the Sharks. Her handball was cut off by Pound and pushed back over the boundary line and out of play. Nine points the margin in favour of the Sharks. As the umpire arches the back and gives the ball a big old heave back in the play. Anderson versus a Champong went over the head of all of them. A Champong nearly cleaned up her own teammate in there. Gunner got the hand pass. McWilliams held without it by Ashmore. Ball hit the ground. Ashmore went and got it though. She kicked it long towards the uh, wing position. It bounced away from a few, including Moore script. Close towards the boundary line. Chapman is there for support. So is uh, Bruton, but taken away by Ashmore. Kicked in towards the McIntosh direction, but it was cut off by Mia Ray Clifford, and she decides to go for the switch, looking in the Benici direction awkward looking bounce, Walsh is there Benici's got it, got past one Benici 60 metres out from goal, goes towards the goal square, cleared hands now there's a whistle, downfield pushing the back, and it's going the way of Melbourne Uni and they will uh, breathe a sigh of relief. They wanted to switch, but the umpire says you've got to come back behind the player on the mark. Oh, if you're 30 metres from the player on the mark, surely you're on, on your line, umpire. Yes. So Hay has it, last line of defence for the Muggers. She decides to go to the outer flank. Punch there from Ashmore, brought it to ground. Pound trying to gather it, gave the handball to O'Brien, who back. juggled it. Oh. And the ball spills out the back of the pack. Bruton and Ashmore fighting over it. And they're getting close to that boundary line. Pound kept it in. Muggers. Handball comes over the top to Ashmore. Ashmore kicks it up along the boundary line. Bouncing ball. Overrunning it there was Kalzui. It's back towards that boundary line on the centre wing out of side. And the umpire says it's gone over it. We'll get a throw in. The Sharks are up by nine points. We're on the centre wing position out of side. Umpire to send it back into play. O'Brien and... A champong to contest it. O'Brien got the tap into the hands of Ashmore. Ashmore, oh, it was a dodgy kick off the boot. Put her teammate under pressure. McWilliams arrives for the Sharks. Trying to get it out. Chapman was pushed out of the pack. A handball comes to Ashmore. Now that's a nice looking kick from McIntosh. Ashmore. Looking for McIntosh. She couldn't take the mark. Good spot there was Clifford on the half-back flank out of side. Player in front paid the mark. That's a great little contest has been this quarter between Clifford and McIntosh. As Clifford with the long sleeves in the back pocket. 
kicks it long towards the half-back flank position. Up went Randall, who brought the ball to ground, but it was picked off by Blackburn, who kicked it around on the right boot, hugging close towards the boundary line. Kaluzzi overran it, Moore's grip there as well. In goes McWilliams, gets the hurried little hand pass away. Intercepted, though, by Ashmore. Ashmore's coming alive in his final turn. Kicks towards the hot spot. Came off hands. Hilda Brandley did the roving work again, or she got pickpocketed. Good little tackle played on. Hilda Brandley got it back. Had a snap on goal, and it's away to the right. 4-6-30, Melbourne Uni, St Kilda, 5-8-38. Thanks to Hocking Stewart, Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne. Halfway during the final term on girlsplayfooty.com. Cooler Reid to have it to take the kick in the defensive goal square for the Sharks. She decides to play on and goes to the outer flank. Looking for a contest. Ashmore front spot. Couldn't bring it down. Ball on the deck. And it's going to be all wrapped up. Ball spills out of the pack. Pounds was tripped over. Sharks trying to get one away. Little kick off the boot there. Pound coming in, backing up. Keeps the handball over the top. She didn't have much to go to. O'Brien arrives late. Just That'll kept be. it in play. Ashmore receives it. Kicks it along the boundary line in the direction. Oh, oh. cut off there by Clifford. No, free, free to Tapner against oh. Against Cooler Reed. That was definitely there. That was definitely there. She just... The old five-metre rule. She just pushed her when it was about 15 away. And there was no need for it. There was just no no need at all. It was definitely there. And a huge chance for the Muggers. So the Muggers come in and the goal is kicked. And it was Giddings. It was Giddings. The small forward getting knocked out of the way. It wasn't even Tapner. God, that is... It's just something that's unnecessary. I know you're trying to look after your teammate who's going to take a relatively uncontested mark, but if you're going to block her, block her. Don't shove her and and make that clear move in front of the umpire. And probably fair enough from the umpire. It was there and an easy goal to the Muggers. And all of a sudden, against the flow, it is well and truly game on. Two points the difference. Sharks 5-8-38. Muggers 5-6-36 for Hocking Stewart. Brunswick, Carlton, Northcote and North Melbourne. Umpire throws the ball up in the air and it was one out by Catterall. Ball hit the ground. Looking for Mick Williams. Had to shrug off one. Put her on the right. Kicks it towards the centre four position. No one there. Kears has got it. But Benici's coming after her. There goes Benici creating the pressure. Kears. Benici with her head over the pill again. Kears fighting and hard with her. And they both won't give up the pill. The umpire's thrown away the whistle. Dark. Oh! No, Pinning, holding the ball, and which way is it going? It's against Benici, and Kears gets the free kick in the back pocket. Kicks it oh, with a little chip kick to the captain in Carney. Just the 15. They want to go open side. She won't switch this. Carney looking further afield. Gets on the right. It's long and it's high. McWilliams parked underneath it. Went over her head. Catterall there first to it. Hand pass was looking for McWilliams, but they ran out of space and went over the boundary line and out of bounds right in front of our girlsplayfooty.com broadcast position. I'd be lucky if there would be 10 minutes remaining in this game. Quite less, I'd suggest, as Matty Cox calls it back in. Yeah, umpire sends it back into play. Ruckman missed it. Carney coming through for the Muggers. A little kick. That is going to be cut off by the Sharks. And they're going to send it back towards the half-forward flank broadcast side. Trying to get in there was Coulston. Garner coming through for the Sharks. Just chucks one on her boot looking for Walsh. Couldn't take the mark. Comes to Kears of the Muggers. She shrugs off a couple of tackles. Fires the handball off to White who sends it into the air. It's going to be out on the full. Free kick going the way of the Sharks. And it'll go the way of McWilliams. They're up by two points. 5-8-38 plays 5-6-36. McWilliams to send it back inside attacking 50. 
hoping for a target. Hope went up, couldn't take the mark, comes to the ground. Trying to run onto it there was McLennan. Gave a little kick on the boot. Oh. Muggers under all sorts of pressure in defence. They have the numbers there. Pound trying to get one out. Coming in there again was McLennan. Hankewell comes out to Hope. A little kick around the body's good. Hope with her fourth for the day. And the margin is back out to 8 points. 6, 8, 44 plays 5, 6, 36. The Sharks up by 8 points with Hope kicking 4 goals so far this afternoon. Yeah, she just managed to work her way through the pack there, Hope, and got boundary side. And probably seen Jenna Bruton do that a couple of times in this game. And if you are open side and you can get the handball out and you've got a bit of class and there's no one on the line, my hope's not going to miss from there. That's the bread and butter. And, gee, she's been very, very good today when she's had her opportunities. When the game gets tight, the cream comes to the top. And Mo Hope gets her fourth as the ball is back in the middle of the ground. O'Brien being moved back into the rack, but now taken away by McWilliams, whose hand pass away was sloppy, taken away by Stevenson, and pickpocketed by McWilliams, who followed up, got on the right boot towards the half-forward plate position. Benici coming after it, wide on a hammer, got a spin around on a sixpence, hand pass back to Garner. Garner put on the left boot, looking from the Walsh direction. Bounce once, Walsh went back to Benici. Benici in the forward pocket for the sealer. Has she got it? She has! That's the ball game. Terrible kick it was as well off the boot. It was an absolute shocker, but it's been the order of the day. The poor kicking in the wind. A bit of a wobble as long as it goes straight. But some fantastic work from the Sharks. They just, again, worked the ball forward. Stevenson turned it over. And McWilliams again. Why they took her out of the midfield late in the third is completely beyond me. She has dominated. And look at this. Seven goals kicked for the day by the Sharks between two goal kickers. Four for Hope, three for Benici. She's been really impressive this afternoon. And coming off five games, is it? That uh, she's played yeah, in the yeah, last four, week. four games she played during the week in the National Carnival. This is her fifth game in seven days. O'Brien tried to get it out of the ruck for the Muggers. Pound with a little kick forward. They're on the centre half forward position. Pound following up her good work. The handball came over the top looking for Stephenson. She is running onto it again. Little kick along the ground, pushing it towards the boundary line on the broadcast side. Half forward flank for the Muggers. It's all wrapped up, and the umpire is going to call for it. I'd just like to remind the country team I was the only one who picked the Sharks. <laughs> True that. <laughs> umpire back underway. McWilliams gets a clearing kick for the Sharks. The bounce went over the top of the pack. It's not forward. Walsh coming through. Handball comes out. Benici can't gather it. Oh, she ducked it. Weaved. Oh, she got caught. Umpire said play on. Handball comes to her teammate who just whacked it on the boot. Looking in the target there for Pedersen. Couldn't oh. take it. Walsh under pressure. Well wrapped up from O'Brien. Ball on the deck. Coming through there is Pound. She was all wrapped up in there by McLennan. And we're going to get a ball up between centre wing and half forward, favouring the Sharks, who are up by 14 points. They're 7 8 50, the Muggers 5 6 36. You'd have to think under five minutes to go as Blackburn just put on her left boot and went long towards the half forward. Blackburn losing Galuzzi went afterwards. There is Pound, he got the hand pass off to Ashmore. Ashmore got on the right, went long and high towards the forward line in the Hildebrand direction. And a mark taken there, deep in defence. Kula Reed for the Sharks. The cool, calm experience of Kula Reed kicks it across the face. Had to be good. Found her. Uh, 
teammate in the back pocket in front of Anderson and she's been told stay wide, stay wide and that's what she does, she goes up shorter still to find Bailey Bailey slows things down knowing that time is on their side goes with a hand pass to Kula Reed. wants the 1-2 back Bailey, Stevenson coming at her but she put boot to pull in the nick of time over the head of O'Brien, mark intercepted by White and White got on the right Sends it towards the centre-half forward position. Finds Carney. Played on immediately. Sorry, it was Blackburn. She sent it inside, attacking 50. Hildebrand gave the handball off. That was Giddings. They got it around. Oh, no, no way! No way! Extraordinary. That was a bicycle kick. That was actually a bicycle kick. With an incredible goal. Margin back to eight points. And her move forward has been pivotal for the Muggers. And now, is she going to the middle? No, she's up on the... I think she was just that excited. She ran back to the square so quickly. She's... I don't want to take away from the finish, but it was a bicycle kick that came off somewhere near her knee. <laughs> she was not flat on her back. It just went over her shoulder. No, she wasn't flat on her back. She was mid-air when she struck it. Oh. She blocked it. It was a bicycle kick. And <laughs> no, no hands, no nothing bicycle kick. Well, essentially they need to go straight out of this Melbourne Uni to keep it alive. As the ball is up in the air, there is uh, O'Brien who brought the ball to ground. Knocked out of her hands there, but Ichi coming charging through as well. Ball went out towards the uh, wing position. Foot race on Hayes out there. Bruton is going to be first to it. She's going to look for the boundary line. That's the best way to go. When you're playing straight 25-minute quarters, the boundary line chews up 20 seconds for you, and that can be your buddy. There it is! The siren has sounded here at the Peanut Farm and the St Kilda Sharks have knocked off Melbourne Uni 7-8-50 to 6-6-42. The old added strikes again. You change your coach at some stage during the middle of the season, you come out and win the next one immediately. I'll tell you what, it's, it's got a pretty good record. It uh, has, it's got time. a very good record. About 95%. <laughs> yes. They should change coaches next week. <laughs> they, the betting agencies wouldn't allow you to bet on these type of games. <laughs> It is absolutely incredible, and uh, I've seen the player of the day, without any doubt, Dan Hill will uh, grab her in a moment's time, and uh, I guess I'd better uh, hand off and do the honours, of course, of the $50 Rebel Sport voucher, which you'll grab that player in just a moment's time. But um, you could just see the smile on the faces from a distance of the St Kilda Sharks girls. This win means a lot to them. As soon as the siren blew, the players that were on the bench ran out onto the ground. They were celebrating widely. It's uh, an eight-point win to the Sharks this afternoon. 7850 to 6642. Melbourne Uni, they. Uh came to play in the second half but that was too little too late. I think the theme of the day as well is St Kilda Sharks didn't allow Melbourne Uni space. They really, excluding the final quarter, Melbourne Uni was struggling to get the run going. They just couldn't link up. Just the pressure being created by the Sharks. And uh, Mona Hope with four goals. Brittany uh, Benici with three. Uh, pivotal for uh, the Sharks this afternoon. And to be fair for Melbourne Uni, a few players stood tall. Their captain, Emma Carney, was solid today. Um, Kears, I thought, was pretty good across half-back for all the traffic that was coming in there. But uh, what a switch it was when McWilliams went into the middle of the ground. McWilliams really did get hands on the ball and created something, created opportunities. And when McWilliams was in there, Blackburn was getting nowhere near it, even though they technically weren't direct opponents. Yeah, she, her role was pivotal to, today, and Dan called it too throughout the third term. That when she got taken off, 
um, in the middle. Melbourne Uni were able to work their way on top. Then she got chucked back in, and then it was St Kilda that were able to get there. Dan, I'm going to see if you can get the song because you're not too far away between their I rooms and So let's hope we can actually hear it, and then you'll grab our player of the day for uh, Rebel Sport. How do we go with uh, brick walls with these? I think you should no. be okay. We'll get, we're about to find out. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. This this is a live test, ladies and gentlemen, on girlsplayfooty.com as you go away. As the crowd starts to clap off the St Kilda Shark Schools, eight-point winners today in our game of the day. McWears is happy. You can see the smile on her face. Jampong playing today in the uh, senior side. Sensational in the ruck. And look at them. They, it looks like they've won the grand final the way they're celebrating. And uh, look at that. High fives all around. The talk is up. They're just champing at the bit. It has been a sensational win for them today. On the opposite side for Melbourne Uni, you can see the looks on the faces and the experienced players like Stevenson going, shouldn't have let that one drop. Yeah, apart from the third term, they were pretty poor today. They were flat-footed, didn't, weren't hungry enough for the, for the ball. I can hear it now in the rooms. Dan Hill's going to be there in the huddle. He's going to hear the song. Well, there you have it, in the rooms. And I think Dan Hill might be able to grab in the rooms Brittany Benici, the player of the day, and the girls will probably get around her. You could hear the song. That meant a hell of a lot to them. They did. They put, And, of course, as we've already mentioned, under a new coach as well, so that'll just give them a whole lot of confidence for the remainder of the season. Of course, only four rounds in, long way to go, but uh, as we said a couple of weeks ago, Pete, this is an extremely competitive season. And, Dan Hill, we can hear you nice and clearly in the rooms, actually, so just jump on in when you've got uh, Brittany Benici with you. But uh, as we said, she played the National Youth Championships during the week. Vic Metro won that. Four wins, no losses. Sensational. They got they got the uh, cup back. And now she, you know, just gets flown in yesterday and then pulls on the boots again today. And uh, a sensational performance in the Sharks. An eight-point victory today over the uh, Melbourne Uni Muggers. She was instrumental through the middle of the ground and obviously went forward a number of times and kicked three goals and as you said in, during the call, seven goals today three of them kicked from Benici and uh, four from Hope. So uh, we'll just wait there as uh, we'll hopefully have our part of the day. So I think Shannon McFerrin might be having a quick chat to the girls but she'd be absolutely stoked. First game in charge and uh, the only time I think they were behind was just at quarter time when they were down by a point and from there they took the lead and away they went they did, uh, had an 8 point lead at half time, 2 points at 3 quarter time when Melbourne Uni were pressing and then the final margin this afternoon, 8 points, 7-8-50 Muggers 6-6-42 and the great thing is well you could see the link up, you could see the dangerous passages, you had Benici who was trying to work out wide, when you were going forward towards Hope at times, particularly if they went into the corridor, Walsh was snipping around at her feet as well to try and create something. Garner, who in the past that we've seen Garner, she's been usually around the half back. The move of Garner now to centre half forward when they've had to move McWilliams into the middle has paid off dividends because she's all of a sudden a target to go to and this is where a lot of, particularly in VWFL football that we've seen and 
why Darabin in the number one team is a lot of sides break down between the centre and the forward line. That half-forward area, they don't have the link-up. Gardner just taking some marks today gave him some confidence going inside 50. And it seemed any hard contest, she was in there getting boot to ball and moving it forward for the Sharks. She played a pivotal role, and you mentioned McWilliams there. She had a really good game today, um, although in patches, she, when she yeah. was dragged off the ball, she went quiet, but I think that was more tactics rather than um, her own personal performance. But uh, as soon as she went into the middle, she had a great impact. And in, in the other way... We've spoken a little bit about Melbourne Uni. What, what, what do they take out of today? I think they look at today going, they were second to the ball. It was simple as that. Their pressure was not as good as St Kilda Sharks. I think Andrew Jago is just going to go through some footage and say, look, there's a lot of things that we could have done here today, all the small things that could have helped. You knew when, you knew there was problems when Stevenson, who played at full forward last week, has to be taken up the ground and almost patch a roll. Yes, they're missing Carrick, but they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be, um, that shouldn't be an excuse because you will miss players during the year through injury. You've got to work your way around that. There was just too much work, essentially in the end, for uh, their captain Emma Carney to do. You can't rely upon Emma to carry the whole side herself. And she was kind of doing that today. Blackburn weaved in and out, had little bits. It was almost like cameo performances, but it wasn't a solid game. I mean, to be honest, I'll tip my hat as well to Goring. Goring was fighting hard against Mo Hope. Kearse was doing well across half-back. Um, Hildebrand looked better when she was moved forward and moved as a small crumbing type. But there were a lot of other players as well that were just, you know, drifting in bits and pieces, and they just no one put a solid four-quarter performance together. There were two critical moves in that third term which changed it. Uh, McIntosh going forward and also mm. the player you mentioned, Hildebrand. They, it sparked them um, and, and got the... They lifted their intensity during yeah. that third term, and I reckon those two moves were pivotal. I can't figure out why the move was made, but look, to be honest, it's early in the season and maybe Andrew Jago's experimenting. Yes, um, McIntosh works well across half-back flank, um, but, um, but to be put out wide in the wing, I don't think suits her. She likes to be in close, and when she was in the centre, she was performing better there. She was an eight-point victory this afternoon to the Sharks, 7-8-50 to 6-6-42. A great result for the St Kilda Sharks this afternoon. And that's why joining us now, our player of the day, uh, who um, I could say is a little bit tight. She just had the National Youth Girls Carnival, just four lazy games, and then just come out and play a fifth game in seven days, is Brittany Brunici. Brittany smiles all round inside the rooms. Yeah, it's um, definitely good to have a win with the girls. You know, haven't been with the Sharks long, just come out of uh, St Albans and the girls got around me straight away and it's brilliant to be in the club and it was good to get a win today against Melbourne Uni. And if I'm correct, you're originally from East Melbourne? Uh, no, originally from... No, it's an Auburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how are you feeling personally? Five games um, in seven days? You must be pretty tired. Yeah, I definitely put a bit, so, um, bit sore. I had an injury prior to going into nationals as well, so... Yeah, definitely need recovery now, that's for sure. And it must have been an intense game today because, to be honest, I think the, the biggest margin was maybe two goals all day. Yeah, right from the start, I think both teams, even in the warm-up, we're up and about. We're both ready for a big game. Um, we knew it wasn't going to be easy and we're just lucky that we had the legs in us to keep running. Different vibe in the room pre-game? Of course, now Shannon McFerrin taking over as head coach. Yeah, no, nah, I think the girls are... Um, 
you know, we knew it was a big week and coming in today was going to be a little bit different, but I think we really adapted well to having a new coach and, you know, we still got Lloydie back in the room, so it's good because Sharks just have that culture where, you know, you leave the club and you want to stay around in some way. So. You, what was the messaging you were getting at quarter time, half time and three quarter time? Because Melbourne Uni, they, they didn't look like they had control of the game, but they were pressing. Yeah, they were definitely pressing up the ground a lot of the time and they're a hard team so we just got told pretty much that you know we had to keep working we couldn't walk over them so it was going to be hard the whole time and just for us all to keep giving 100% effort because that's all you can really do in a game of football and of course uh, at centre half forward Garner was sensational today I think Dan called her sticky fingers because everything that went in her direction she clung yeah Jazzy has amazing hands she always has kick the ball down to her and she's bound to get it the next couple of weeks now two wins two losses Uh, you're obviously full of confidence after today Win. Yeah, obviously uh, full of confidence, but not too cocky, that's for sure. <laughs> Big test next week, Darabin. Yeah, well, you know, Melbourne Uni could do it, so who knows. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Brittany, you're our player of the day, and that means you get the $50 Rebel Sport voucher. Congratulations. Get back in there, celebrate with the girls. A fantastic win today. Thank you. That is Brittany Venici, our player of the day here on girlsplayfooty.com. A sensational effort. Just something like a Lacey, five games in seven days. And it looks like she could probably run out and do another game. Yeah. So if anyone's got a match on in the next 24 hours, pretty much a suit up for you and have another go. Doesn't look phased at all and doesn't look like out of breath like I'd be after one quarter. You, you know what the annoying thing is? You look at someone like Brittany who's what, 18 years old, you look, geez, I wish I could be 18 again and have that, that kind of enthusiasm and that burst of life of, yeah, let's go play another sporting game. Let's go. I think it's uh, it's lucky despite the breeze and the cooler conditions that they're close to the beach. She'll yeah. be straight down. <laughs> Recovery. <laughs> yeah, but look, a great game from um, from a lot of the Sharks today that were really down last week. Mm. They were just all playing at that 65-70%, and Shannon McFerrin said it in the rooms after the game. It was 110 from everyone today. It's a mm. totally, totally different team. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't grab them in the rooms because they have a sort of a meeting room off to the off yeah. to the side. And it was just a bit far for the microphone, but they sung the song. I sort of yeah. I must have cordoned them off to sing the song in the right spot. But uh, look, they banged the song out, and I think, uh, as Brittany alluded to, they're not too cocky, but you've got to have these sorts of wins in your season just so you just so you know where you're at, and also you know that you can enjoy your wins and you can you can really go on from there. Look against Darabin after a hundred point win for for Darabin who are back on track it'll be a great effort for them to get within 3-4 goals and I said the same thing today it'll be a great effort to get within 3-4 goals and that says on your day you can beat them uh, m- my philosophy would be old school wise if you can get someone to go down to, down to Darabin during the week and make sure the sprinklers are accidentally turned on on, uh, on Saturday night and oh, we've got a bit of a mud bath here on a Sunday <laughs> just those, those types of conditions you would suggest would sink suits and kill better yes and no I agree with you but uh, by the same token I, I just think they're key position players are better in the dry Mm. so and I mean you can see on the outside that they still lack that little bit of class and that's where I sort of have the uh, the question mark with someone like Benici whether she can play in the midfield I know she plays at half forward now but they just lack that one I mean Jenna Bruton plays that lone hand on the outside um, obviously the Chapmans and others fly in and maybe McWilliams is that one and she's they've got to leave her in the midfield more she, I know she, she's, she's in half forward but just leave her in there yeah she's playing a, a Ruck Rover type role which is great because you've got her and if she can't boot it out wide to the wing then she can work with someone like a Bruton in the ground what you probably want is maybe even though you've got Benici at half forward flank is pushing 
up towards the wing. So when you've got that McWilliams clearing kick towards the wing out of the pack, you've got her picking it up and creating some opportunity with some speed. Well, the red magnet for... Uh, McWilliams and Garner is to swap. Mm. So Garner plays centre half or McWilliams plays in the middle and they swap. Mm. When Garner goes into the middle, it's a bit of a different look. Mm. She's more the basher and crasher, whereas McWilliams can get out on the outside. Obviously, mm. Garner's still got very, very good yeah, skills yeah. and she's got enormous mm. hands and she's mm. she's uh, sticky, as we said. She just picks everything up and marks everything. But maybe put both of them in there with Bruton and see how that goes for a little bit and mm. put Benici at centre half forward or whatever it is. They, structurally, I, I hate players in footy that get pigeonhole and we've seen McWilliams get pigeonholed at centre half forward under the old regime and thrown into the middle late as we said even they start Mo Hope in the centre sometimes mm-hmm. um, I just really I think she's an on baller <laughs> stuff the Phoebe Williams of centre half forward just forget about that there's enough key position players in this side I, I think she's in the in the best three or four midfielders and that's where she should be playing I asked Pete about his thoughts before on Melbourne Uni uh, what are your thoughts after their performance today oh look they weren't too bad today Melbourne Uni they didn't play the conditions at all well um, and then they were forced to chase the game in the last quarter and it came unstuck I mean that's just that's life I guess and, and at the end of the day they didn't have the, the options up forward which we predicted pre-season and they've sort of said to us well maybe you guys don't know what you're talking about in the first four rounds but uh, look today it was it was pretty much on show there was no avenue to goal inside attacking 50 um, Lou Stevenson again I, I don't know why they didn't play on the forward line they tried to stick her out on the wing she didn't really pinch in the ruck if she plays well generally they win um, Carney played exceptionally well. Blackburn played well. They all played relatively well. They just didn't play the conditions or pl- all play well at the same time to create enough damage. The, the problem is, and like you've always called Emma Carney uh, traditionally a centre woman, she's now been playing more of a follower's role. Mm. And one thing that they didn't do today, which I thought, and, and it usually works for them if you've got Stevenson at full forward, is you normally have Blackburn in the centre lurking between centre and centre half forward, as usually when you do the switch and you come back in, you hit Blackburn, who's probably got the best boot on her, to send it deep inside the forward line and create some havoc. But yeah, they did some funky things with putting sort of Kalusi to centre half back, centre half forward, and I mean Pound had a best game mm. I've seen for a very, very long time, and she's still a relative youth girl coming through. I think she's 20, 21 now, but she's you know she's a bit of a jet. Um, still needs, still lacks a bit of size, but plenty of wheels. Um, I think Moscrip was really good in her only her second game of footy, and she played Division Four last week. Yeah. Um, straight in, so she's she's a bit of a find. Um, the ruck was no real problem. It was it was just getting the ball forward and taking advantage of the opportunities. We saw Tapner kick that amazing goal. Mm. We saw McIntosh kick a bicycle kick. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't take absolute brilliance to kick a goal. You ne- and mm. and sometimes that can be the case. You, you, you bang it in there and you work overtime for a goal, and then you sort of kick one out of your backside, and everyone goes, "Oh, geez." We- was lucky, you know. You don't mm, yeah. you don't necessarily get any major confidence out of it. Whereas every goal the Sharks kicked, there was confidence out of it. Mm. It was either it was either Uni making a mistake, or it was Hope on the edge of a pack, or it was lead up and hit a target. I mean, Hope Hope kicked all of her goals from inside 25 meters. Mm. So that that's a that's a big sign. I, mean, I think she kicked or set shots would have kicked three behinds. Mm. So she kicked four goals, three, um, and, and those set shots were all from sort of 35, 40 out. But as I say, the Sharks, those easier scoring opportunities, more structure up in the forward line, and of course we know Garner caused a lot of dramas. 
we look up to Melbourne Uni and we say, OK, who played who played centre forward for Melbourne Uni? Give it to me, boys. Who played centre forward? Good, no idea. Couldn't and, tell you. And, and this is the strange thing because when they beat um, when they beat Darabin, they had as a centre half forward, half forward flanker, they had Tapner there. Tapner was showing aggression, and it was a target to go to. Mm. And because last week they did it, they moved Tapner down to defence and had an okay game down to defence. It's almost like, well, where are you going to leave Carly Tapner? And I'd say I don't think Melbourne Uni have that great a problem with defence. They've got players like Kears back there and Goring and Giddings and um, Hildebrand who can hold their heads high. I'm thinking it's robbing a bit of Peter to pay Paul, and I think you really do have to look at sitting down and say, right, Tapner has to be half forward, has to be the target, because otherwise, if you haven't got that target there, as I was talking to Matt earlier, the sides that don't do well in the VWFL all have the same problem, half forward, falling down at half forward. Yeah, and I think the move has to be made. I think they have to, Catherine O'Brien has to change ruck full forward, not ruck centre-half back. I know it's something they've always done, and it looks okay, but... Look, I mean, Anderson, I thought she was pretty underused. I yeah. She only played probably 35 40% game time. Mm. Um, just put her up there, just put her on her head and just let the ball hit the ground. Because you've got all the players once the ball hit the, hits the ground. Mm. But then that's that's the confidence of your delivery. How many times have we seen in the last quarter, balls came from the open side to the far pocket, the fat pocket. Mm. And what happened every time? Out of Sharks marked it. Sharks marked or out of bounds. Or out of so bounds. Yeah. So, and... Oh, Kula Reed and Clifford. I mean, that's just chalk. That's just chalk. Geez, for them, they're just going to just pick that up and just no dramas. And that's the thing against the Sharks is you've got to realise that their defensive unit is extremely intelligent. They're not going to fall. They're not going to fall for any rubbish. And, and, you're going to have to outsmart them. And at the other end, you can see that they always centre the ball about 20, 30 metres out because you've got that Mo Hope to go to. And exactly. the worst case scenario, it's the confidence if, she, if she doesn't get it, they know they've got the likes of Benici being one of the example and Walsh at her feet all sprinting towards the pocket knowing right if Mo doesn't get it ball's on the ground we've got two who can pick it up yeah I mean you see it at the highest level and I mean I've always been this massive critic of Richmond because they always kick the ball wide into the forward line they have sort of this drop zone outside the point post 20 out there's no value there at all that's why they're terrible and, and today it was exactly the same. Kicking to that no-value zone, in the pocket, high ball, just sits up there. Defence, plenty of time to get across. They can almost make the choice. They can have a chat to each other. We're going to mark it. We're going to punch it. What are we going to do? And it worked for the Sharks really, really well, as we said all throughout the game. Around the stoppages, just clogging it up, worked really nicely. They've got all those inside players. How many times did Chapman get that little handball? Or I mean, Chapman last week, as I said, Pete, she got six free kicks, four. Today she had enough. But she's always there getting the little handballs away, knocking it out, and the muggers just lost the game inside. But that's not their go. Their go is compete inside, get on the outside. And if most of their outside players are inside players. I mean, Carney, she's she's strong over the ball. So is Blackburn. They're, they're both really, really good over the ball, but they do need to get on the outside. And today, as we saw, they just did not let them get on the outside. It was clogged up footy, suited the Sharks, and at the end of the day, that's why they won the game, because they, won, they controlled that side of the game. They won those clearances, and they were just on top for pretty much three and a half quarters. Melbourne Uni had one little spell for about five minutes where they looked really, really good. And that was, as, as we said, pre-game. And as Jago said, pre-game, we're trying to play this certain style of footy. And sometimes when it's windy and there's rain and whatever, you've got to throw the book out the window and just play the conditions. And at the end of the day, the Sharks did that. And that's why they won the game.
We saw Benici come back, have an impact today after uh, going away during the week. Uh, on the other side of the coin, you had Carrick for the, the Muggers missing today. Do you think she would have made any sort of an impact? Uh, I think in terms of rotations in the back line, I... I think it would have freed up McIntosh a little more. Would that be fair to say, Pete? They would have put Carrick probably probably on to Walsh, and yeah, that would have released McIntosh a bit earlier. Indeed, indeed. Um, so that's about... Yeah. You're basically plus McIntosh six possessions, maybe an extra goal, and, and your backline kicking, especially late. A lot of those balls we saw getting switched would have been handballed to Carrick first, and she would have hit the... T- oh, well, she's a... 90% kick. <laughs> One of the best in it. Um, she would have hit that target. And good on both sides of her body, which is something we don't really see too much uh, in the, the relative infancy of Premier Women's Football um, in terms of the class of some of the players. And Yeah, she was a relatively big loss, but at the same time you can only have so much of an impact off the back line. Maybe that pushes McIntosh into the midfield, but yeah, I don't think she would have been the difference, but she sure would have just changed a few things in and around the game. But, yeah, just Melbourne Uni, they were just on the wrong track from the start. They just came at it the wrong way. You called it at the start of the game, Matt. You said whoever adapts, or I think it was Pete as well, said whoever adapts to the conditions quicker will win the game. And at the end of the day, it was the Sharks. They, they, they started off adapting a little better. They let Melbourne Uni back into the game, and they said, OK, we've tried to open it up and take advantage. Now we're going to go back to what we know. We're going to close it up, and we're going to go about it that way. And, and they did, and they win the game quite comfortably in the end. Even though it did get back to two points in that last quarter, if if they had a lost, you would have said that was one of the greatest daylight robberies of all time. Well, twilight robberies at this point. <laughs> and we should, of course, also point out that uh, from other results, we haven't heard from Diamond Creek and St Norbans yet, but we're suggesting that Diamond Creek would win that game. Uh, Dibbing won earlier today, St Kilda won 38-28, so it's been a good day here at the Sharks two from two. Um, the Bendigo Thunder have actually won their second game. They've actually beaten the Eastern Devils 62-15. to 15. So the Eastern Devils who had one game in Wangaratta yesterday and one game in Bendigo today yeah, have had the road trip to hell, really. They've oh, I'm sure scored a total of 17 points across two games. You would say it hasn't been the greatest of weekends. Oh, I'm sure they've had some fun, maybe, the team bonding. And, uh, yeah, the Devils will be disappointed with a 100-pointer yesterday and obviously going down to Bendigo. But good for Bendigo because... Um, we need to see them up and firing because we need to get those regional cities into the into the fold because uh, the Ballarat folk uh, and the Sunbury folk are sort of down in Divi 3 or thereabouts. Um, the Geelongs are in Division 1, the Bendigos are in Division 1 and we're just waiting on Gippsland who are having a bit of a crack down there. They've got their Division 5. Is it Division 5, Pete? Yeah, Division 5 East. Oh, Division yes. 5 East. So at some point it'd be nice to have them all on the level playing field. Tomorrow, uh, sorry, next Sunday, uh, 1.30pm, Mulgrave Reserve, Eastern Devils versus Diamond Creek. An interesting game, which I don't think any of us know which way is going to go, because, well, Eastern Devils were three and zip out of the block, and then that thumping from Darabin yesterday. But at the same time, Diamond Creek have got uh, enough injuries to fill a hospital ward. Yeah, they do. They've got... I think they'll have nine. Nine out. That's that's big. Yes, yeah, eight or nine. They got a lot out, but I think it'll be. Uh, we'll, we'll be getting uh, two tickets to the Chochi show next week, Pete. She's ready to explode. One week before the draft game, she'll just be starting to peak. Expect a big one. She'll love it out there too. Nice fast track. Be like very similar to this ground. It's 
so the grass doesn't grow above 10 mil. It's just always a fast track. And uh, and look, the Devils, they're every chance. They'll probably go into the game favourites on the balance of form, despite getting whacked last week. Bit of GWS about it, perhaps. GWS, would they lose by 87 points or something in the West and then come yeah. back over and beat the Hawks? And a bit of that for the Devils. I think they'll go in as favourites, but she's uh, very, very narrow favourites at that, uh, the, the Devils. But... Uh, yeah, I'm expecting big things from Diamond Creek, but their forward line again. The question mark's the forward line. That Whether the forward line can hold up, and we know the Eastern Devils have got a pretty classy forward line. And, of course, uh, the other games are next week. Melbourne Uni get a bit of a confidence booster back when they play at home against St. Albans, so uh, that should be a win for them. And just to... just droned down in your voice there, Brett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I just got a feeling they'll be one-sided, very one-sided. <laughs> yeah, um, just never know. Uh, uh, and then, of course... Uh, they will win one, I uh, promise you. And then, of course, Matty, uh, at Darabin next week, it's uh, Darabin and the St Kilda Sharks. So uh, for the Sharks, uh, it may be a bit of a short honeymoon period up against the Falcons. Yeah, it can either go two ways next week. They'll come crashing back to, to earth or they'll get another confidence boost by really taking it up to Darabin, who, of course, is coming off that big win yesterday. Interesting situation indeed. And, of course, as we said, Eastern Devils... Are going to the Sharks again, Pete? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the safe money next week. I'm take, You might offer me a dollar two for the Falcons and I'll take the safe money. Really? I'll take the safe You're money. You're on your 100 on? What do you want? <laughs> I'll we'll sort that set. out later. You still owe me half a slab from last year's grand final. Do I? <laughs> yes, you do. Jeez. Back in Diamond Creek. Um, so, wrapping things up here on girlsplayfooty.com, the final scores were the St Kilda Sharks 7 8 50 defeating Melbourne Uni 6 6 42. On behalf of Matthew Cox and Daniel Hill, I've been Peter Holden. It's been a pleasure having your company. Until next week, it's bye for now.